Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Steven Jensen. Jensen, how are you, buddy? It's early. It's earlier than even usual. Last week we, we started the show at 9:30, and this week we're like, well, we'll do we'll do 8:30. So we're, it's very early. I, I got my coffee for the FMC watchers. It's Friday, uh, yeah, what's today? Thursday morning coffee. Yep. Yep. We are uh, we're early. You can maybe call us early morning guys steal. Oh no! Oh God! We're gonna talk about that on today's show. We're gonna talk about that on today's show. Um, but no, I uh, yeah, I'm glad we're doing the show today because, um, you know, I got I got some overtime this week at work, so that's why uh, we're doing it doing an hour early today. But um, yeah, eight thirty show instead of nine thirty show. But I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we're talking about some wrestling, and I'm I'm appreciate everyone joining us this morning here in the chat. A lot, a lot to talk about. Guys, you can leave a Super Chat here on YouTube. You can go to HumperChats.com and leave a Humper Chat. Uh, uh, any any chat that gets re- any chat that gets left, question, comment, statement will be read on the air. It's even too early for me. I can't, I can't speak. I don't have my words correctly. One man, look at this transition. One man who did speak last night. Had a lot to say, Steven Jensen. A lot, a lot to say. This goes back to, I, I guess if, if you want to be real, it goes back to when all the WWE guys were signing. But it all kind of came to a head on Saturday. MJF, he skipped the Double or Nothing Fan Fest. People are like, oh, where's MJF? Is he working? What's going on? FIFO reported that MJF booked a flight out of Vegas, uh, did not get on the flight, but it was booked. There's proof that it was booked. Um, and then people were wondering, oh, is he going to show up to Double or Nothing? Showed up to Double or Nothing Lost quickly to Wardlow. 
Uh, MJF claimed that he showed up just before his match, did his match, left right away. That was that. It was supposed to be a a sit-down meeting with MJF and, and Tony Khan after Double or Nothing. People were wondering if MJF, he, he went out on a stretcher at Double or Nothing. So they're like, oh, this is how they're going to write him off of television. He's done. We're not going to see him forever. Wednesday afternoon, MJF speaks. He's going to speak on Dynamite. And he spoke. He showed up on Dynamite. He He's like, this is Maxwell Jacob. This is not, you know, this is not MJF. He cut a shoot promo, essentially, explaining why he was unhappy. Um, the WWE guys, the ex-WWE guys coming in to make money. Uh, you know, people, nobody can lace his boots. You know, he, he does the second highest quarter uh, ratings of anybody in the company. I assume CM Punk is first. Um, That's, my but I, That's my guess. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll DM Mookie, see, see who's first. Uh, <laughs> but he does the second highest ratings, um, the quarter hour ratings. Uh, he called Tony Khan a fucking mark, which was which was bleeped. He said Tony Khan should be in the the stands with everybody else. Uh, he talked about you know his wrestling, where it's like I make you feel something. I'm not just out here chasing five star matches, and you know I'm not untrained like all of your favorites. I actually get you to invest. You know, segment after segment, I'm expected to carry this company. I got to hit a grand slam, not a home run. This man went on one last night i can't do it justice if you haven't seen it watch it what's wrong with you uh it was it was it was one of the best promos probably i ever i mean i don't think there's a probably i think this is one of the best promo promos ever at the end of it it called tony khan a fucking mark which was bleeped out or, or <laughs> censored out and then he begged tony khan to fire him he left through the crowd there was the fan footage of cm punk coming out but mjf had left through the crowd uh, AEW has deleted the the tweets of the of the media. I assume I should probably I'm gonna I'm gonna check this right now. I assume that segment's not been uploaded on their YouTube, which I understand why because they're they're trying to to work here. Uh, but also you're missing out on a lot of views from this thing if you if you uploaded it. Uh, yeah, it's not up there yet. AEW does have this habit of like taking a while to upload things like the undisputed elite match just got uploaded 36 minutes ago. So they, they stagger a lot of their uploads. I assume it's not going to get uploaded though. Jensen, where are you at on this whole thing? Work, shoot, what's going on here? I think at this point, it's gotta be a work. Like it has to be like there, I, there's no way that, that they're just like letting this play out like that. If it's all a shoot, I just don't, I just don't see that, but I think this is about as close to like a workshoot promo as like you could you could get. Like I think that they, I, I'd I'd imagine it was somewhat along the lines of like the CM Punk pipe bomb where WWE knew he was going out with a live mic and they knew he was going to say some stuff that was like going to be outside of the box, but like, but they were prepared for what he was going to say, you know, like to some degree. I, I, I dude, I love this. Like this promo was. This is one of the best promos I've heard in my life, dude. Like, that was so good. And the crowd, the crazy thing is the crowd was, like, going crazy and, like, cheering him by the end of it. And it's yeah. like, wait, are y'all turning, like, MJF almost into, like, a like an anti-hero, like, baby face? Like, without even meaning to? Like, that's... Because I, I, I'm with you, too. When, when he got destroyed by Wardlow, not only was the match itself just, like, a complete squash and the kind of match that, you know, especially with the with the... 
the stretcher at the end and stuff, it really seemed like the way to write them off TV. And the and I think that they're really playing to the to the internet fan base and to the the journalists and stuff that you know it's like the fans, the AEW fans know what's going on between MJF and the company, at least to some degree. Like they they know that there's the contract issues and the fan fest stuff. And they they know that there's that there is real behind the scenes things going on. But now it's like you know, I it, it's just one of those things where they've just played into it so well if this is all the work at this point. Like having MJF and Warlow be the first match of the show so that MJF could get in there and get out and just have him get to squash and pretty much written off television is what it seemed like they were doing. And then for to hear him cut that promo last night was like, oh my God, they must have worked something out. Like they had to have worked something out because otherwise I don't think MJF would have been there. So Dude, yeah, this this promo was absolutely incredible. Like, I was marking out like the whole time, like standing up in my living room, like like cheering pretty much. Like, oh man, this is this is crazy. I'm glad I'm glad I'm here. Because here's the thing, I I love Tony Khan. Like, I'm I'm not one of those guys who like do a, a, a Tony a Tony Khan hater or anything like that. But what MJF was was spitting was like you just spitting facts out there. And I think that you know the the contract situation is tough. Because, and I hope that they've worked something out that works out for both MJF and for AEW and Tony Khan. But the the problem, the problem with what MJF is doing is it's very similar in sports to a rookie contract. And I'm not saying it's necessarily fair. I'm just saying that's how this works. Because granted, in the UFC, sometimes it's a little different. Depending on the sport, sometimes it's a little different. But like the problem with the MJF situation is that on both ends is that he does deserve a lot more money than what he's getting. If he is being, I've heard stuff about him getting like four or five times less than what some of these top guys coming from the WWE are getting. Now, if you're comparing to like a CM Punk or like a Danielson, maybe a CM Punk and a Danielson maybe should be making more because like they are worldwide superstars and have been established for as long as they have. And like, I get that, but if there's a guy like uh, like an Adam Cole or even like a Hangman Page or something that's like making like four times more than what MJF is, I if I was MJF, I'd be upset about that because I'd be like, I'm I'm featured as a main eventer. I don't think the issue is so much like an Adam Cole or a Hangman Page. Adam Cole, like yeah, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, that's what I'm saying. Adam Cole, he was seen as a big star coming in. I can even understand him. Hangman Page, Tony Khan knew that was going to be one of his top guys from from the start. I think MJF was going to be there as well especially because of the like he was immediately paired up with cody and everything but uh hangman page was also he knew that was going to be a tip like a world champion from the start i think the issue is the guys like like malachi black and keith lee and swerve scott coming in and it's no knock on these guys but these are just like xwb guys coming in and now they're making more than mjf who has done top-notch program after top-notch program after top-notch program like malachi black is He's guy who leads House of Black. Swerve and Keith Lee, I think the world of, of Swerve Scott. I think everyone knows that. Um, Swerve Strickland. But those guys, they're they're tag team guys right now. They're they're not featured, featured guys. Like I think it's the new guys that have come in since the start of the company, like that, that are making more than MJF that he has an issue with. And he's completely, yeah, like Kyle O'Reilly, he shouldn't be above MJF. But like Bobby Fish, these guys, these guys coming in shouldn't be making more than MJF. And and I, I agree with all of that. Um, but I also like, 
the reason I brought up Adam Cole as an example is because I think that Adam Cole has more name value coming into the company and he's been established for a long time and everything. But like, if you look at the landscape of AEW, MJF is as big, if not a bigger piece of AEW than, than even Adam Cole is, I think. Like, I, I think that MJF, I mean, he's he should be the future of your company for the next decade plus. Like, if he stays healthy, he's still, what, 25? I mean, it's like, it, so, but it's one of those things where you're totally right about that, though. Like, it's, some people are coming in from the WWE that are, like, lower on the card than MJF is and aren't doing as much, as much, like, I don't want to say as much value because I think that, like, long-term, someone like Swerve is going to provide a lot of value long-term for AEW. But, like, based on what MJF has done for the company up to this point and where he's at and where he was headed, I mean, with that CM Punk feud and, I mean, all of his feuds have been incredible. The Darby feud was incredible. The Jericho feud, like, everything has been a home run. And... Even from the beginning, him and Cody going at it and stuff like there's there's so much he means so much to the history of AEW. But the, but the problem on both sides is like MJF has a legitimate reason to to want more money right now because two years is a long time, uh, especially in sports. Like a lot can happen in two years, and he wants to he wants to ensure that he's getting the payout that he deserves now. And I and I understand that, but on the flip side. If you're Tony, it's hard to set that precedent of like renegotiating someone's contract and not giving them an extension because, I mean, because for people who don't know, then don't Tony's, then don't then don't screw up your own pay scale by paying guys too much. Don't pay Malachi but, Black more than MJF. Don't screw up your yeah. own pay scale by overpaying these WWE guys. No, I I I completely agree. I completely agree. But but the but the precedent that. The, the what you're what you're risking is other people doing the same thing MJF is yeah that, like that have been there from the start and then it's going to cause a lot of problems and that's why in like the NFL when you're on these rookie contracts like the Minnesota Vikings I'll give them as an example Justin Jefferson is one of the best wide receivers in the league and he's only been in the league for two years and he's still on his rookie contract but that's just the way that it is but he knows that come free agency and when his when his rookie deal is up he's going to get a humongous payout for his next contract and that's kind of the same play i think with mjf is like but but the difference is the extension and that's what i think all of this boils down to is tony khan wants mjf to sign an extension and if he'll sign an extension then he's going to give him the big money that he wants because he's ensuring that he's staying in the company long term when it comes to you know MJF side, if he doesn't want to sign an extension, it sucks that he doesn't get the, he might not get the pay he deserves. Now, once again, I think him and Tony have worked something out at this point. Otherwise, I don't think we're seeing this playing out on TV right now, but heading into this weekend and double or nothing and all this stuff going into this story and what's now become kind of a work shoot is what it seems. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where like, if you're Tony Khan, it's hard to it's hard to up someone's pay when they're like, I'm leaving in two years. And you're just like, okay, well, if you're telling me you're going to leave, I don't want to pay you more money. So it's like, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation to be in for both sides to work something out. What I'm hoping they've worked out personally is I've hoped that, that Tony is kind of just kind of bent over backwards and just, just given MJF a pay bump and with or without an extension, I hope MJF's just making more money and they can work this thing out. And hopefully MJF stays happy enough that he'll stay. But if you're MJF, you'd be a fool not to test free agency in two years. 
So it, it, there's just so many layers to this. Cause if you're him, you, the same things going on in MMA a lot is like, if, if you have value, you want to know what your market value is in free agency. Even if you want to stay in AEW, you still want to get an offer from the WWE to bring back to AEW and say, Hey, this is how much they're saying I'm worth. Like, can you just, can you give me that? You know? Cause like, and that's, and that's, that's how this works. And that's how free agency works. And this is how independent contractors find out their true value. So it's like, so I understand Tony Khan's side and I understand MJF side, but like, to, but to your point, I think the main issues have been caused by Tony Khan because he's giving people more, way more money than MJF is making mainly because they have just coming from WWE over to AEW, but they're not, they're not as valuable, at least up to this point, as MJF is on the show. M- most of the people we're talking about. Yeah, the majority of the people definitely are not. I think Tony, I think it started as a shoot. I think MJF legitimately is unhappy. I think everything he said in that promo was true last night. I, I don't think he was bullshitting or working any of that of his words. But I do think to go out there on television and to say those things, he certainly will... It was certainly a work because I don't think that Tony Khan is going to allow that. I don't. I don't think it plays out that way. They've done a great job in. Yeah, they're not promoting on on social media. Um, they they've, they've kept everything under wraps. Tony Khan has said no comment about a lot of things. MJF has gone pretty much silent on social media. They they've done a good job like playing into this whole angle, and I do think it is a work at this point. I don't think it started this way i really don't i think everything mjf said was true but then they had their meeting they worked out something i assume mjf got more money otherwise i don't know i think he'd probably still be unhappy if he didn't um here's my question though after after all of that after everything mjf said last night is where is this going and what's the end game like what is the end game to all of this. Tony Khan doesn't want to be an on-screen authority figure. He said that a thousand times. Unless he's changed his mind, you know, that that's possible. Um, unless he's changed his mind, MJF, who was your biggest heel, is now going to be your biggest baby face, almost. Unless the fans turn back against them of like, oh, fuck you, you want to get more money than, than all of these guys we actually love. But like everything he said last night was getting cheered and everyone like knows how good he is at this so it's not even and they're not even like kayfabing any of this stuff anymore because everyone's like oh yeah mjf does make us feel something the last two pay-per-views he's had for my money the two biggest matches on the show the two best built matches i should say uh punk and mjf was the best built match that was the most invested in i was in into a feud going into revolution mjf and wardlow was the most investment i had into a feud going into double or nothing I know CM Punk and, and Hangman Page was the big match, but as far as like a storytelling perspective, Wardlow and MJF was built two years. Like they, that was the best built feud they had going into that pay per view, and, and he's done this almost every single time he's been on pay per view. He's had, if not the best built feud, one of the best built feuds. He's he's great at what he does because he does make you feel something. Like the crowd was behind him for stuff last night, and it almost turned against AEW and, and Tony Khan. So is now is he like this big? Babyface, like is is CM Punk gonna con- confront him? And CM Punk does turn heel. I maybe that's the play. Is Punk turns into like, yeah, I came in here, I took all the money, I took the title, fuck all y'all, and he turns into that dick heel that we all kind of like expected. But and then MJF is the stand up for AEW guy. 
I don't know. Like that that's sort yeah. of where what do you how do you think this plays out? Like what do you think the end game is to all this? That that's a that's a fantastic question. It really is, because I I legitimately don't know because on one hand, you know, I've I've been saying for a, quite a while that CM Punk should beat Hangman for the title, which happened. And then I thought that MJF should be the one to beat CM Punk eventually. Um, whether that's three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, like whatever. But I think MJF, I think them circling back to MJF and CM Punk and them having it, even though MJF is going to say he's two and one against CM Punk technically or whatever, but like they're one and one, they could have a big trilogy match. MJF could, could ultimately win the feud. It would be huge for him to win that title from CM Punk. Um, they could go that route still because Maybe, like you said, at some point we're all we're definitely getting CM Punk heel turn at some point. It's just once again a matter of when they're going to do it and like what the right story is for him to do it. Maybe, maybe that's this. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I may, maybe because the reaction MJF got last night was like a the crowd was behind him, and and I just don't know what the ultimate end game is. I would I would love for MJF to beat CM Punk for the title eventually. And I'd like to see it as M- MJF. I've said this before too. If they can make CM Punk like, because we know CM Punk could be a, a crazy good heel. Like he's one of the best heel. Like when he's really dug in and he really wants the crowd to hate him, he is a fantastic heel. And I think MJF being the one to like almost out heel CM Punk to get the title off of him, but the crowd wanting to see it and the crowd being behind MJF for him to be the one to get the title off Punk. That's an interesting story, but I don't know where they go in the immediate short term. I really don't because part of me wants to say, maybe they should leave MJF home for a couple weeks and oh, like, think, just let the, like, just let this keep boiling. You know, I, I think they will because now they're going into forbidden door and that's going to be their focus. MJF is, he said it last night. Like, I don't give a fuck about new Japan. I don't think he has any interest in like doing this show, doing any type of like, Oh, let's do this dream match type of thing. I, I don't think he's going to be on this Forbidden Door show at all. So this is an easy way to just keep him off TV because he probably wasn't going to do much when it comes to Forbidden Door anyway. Because I don't know if there was a match out there that he was really clamoring for that he felt he could like build up to, to be something. like it, it would be a short-term story, obviously, because it's just going to be it's in a couple of weeks. So I think this is an easy way to just keep him off of television while they do all their Forbidden Door stuff. And then after that, you know, heading into All Out, we shall see where, where MJF stands. But I do think for right now, he's just going to be off TV. Yeah, I think that, that that makes the most sense. And there's a lot of people in the chat that are talking about, you know, the possibilities of MJF in, a, in a WWE. And, you know, the grass isn't always greener. You know, I, I, I think MJF has, he could potentially be the biggest star in, in WWE if he went over there. Once again, we're talking about his age and his in-ring ability and his, his promo skills and stuff i think he's i i, I think mjf's one of the best overall wrestlers in the entire world I, i've been a fan for quite a while I, I really really like what he does and i think he hasn't even he hasn't even hit he's still years off from his prime which is like scary because he's gonna be so damn good for so long but man you never know over there in the wwe like they wanted to turn adam cole into a manager and like cut his hair and all that stuff like i MJF, like who knows what they actually do if he if he goes over there? Does he wind up in NXT 2.0 as a, as someone's manager? Does he? I mean, no, you know, it's they like, 
they'll they'll see him the same way they kind of saw Cody is like the problem with like Cole and the guys they wanted to bring up from NXT onto the main roster was one. I don't think Vince had any interest in that black and gold NXT product. And so he's like, ah, these are triple H guys who cares if he's seen them in AEW just being there gives them more value. I think if Adam Cole went back right now, he'd probably just, he'd probably be treated as a bigger deal than just coming from NXT because he's just seen as more valuable just being in AEW. That's how Vince will typically do business with this stuff is it if you leave and show value elsewhere and then come back that's actually more valuable than just being on your own brand at nxt i think he'd be treated very well and i think cody would have uh you know he'd be in vince's year somebody bruce's year and just being like yeah like this guy you gotta you gotta ride with them oh no i totally agree and and i'm I'm exaggerating with nxt stuff i'm just saying my point is really more like it's a wild card of like what they're going to actually do with him when he shows up. Now, I think the Cody link, it would be huge for him because Cody clearly has a lot of pull and influence right now in the WWE. And I think that, you know, him and MJF are tight. So I think that MJF would, he'd have a, he'd have a chance, but there's so much they'd have to do to probably water him down. Like on screen, he could probably cut pretty similar promos to what he does now, just like minus the cursing. But and like autograph signings and meet and greets and stuff. I just don't see WWE being okay with like when little kids walk up to him at, a, at an autograph signing, him like doing what he does currently at autograph signings. Like, cause, cause he's going to make all these kids cry at these things. And like, he, he, he makes fun of everybody. He, he won't sign autographs. He won't take pictures. Like, just don't book him for that stuff then. Just don't, don't book him for these meet and greets and everything. Just keep sending Drew McIntyre out there. It's fine. Hey, I'm fine with that too. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm. I I would like to be optimistic about the idea of MJF going to WWE and, and and absolutely killing it. I would love to see that. I just he we we know that like the future is bright for him in AEW if he stays. But Sasha Banks WWE, made Izzy cry. Sasha Banks made Izzy cry, and every everything like, worked out well there. My my point. What I'm talking about is like when MJF's at an autograph signing and a kid rolls up in a wheelchair and he starts making fun of them because he does those kind of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? WWE is not going to be okay with something like that. <laughs> like, you know what yeah, I mean? Th- like, this is why you just, just don't send him to, to that stuff there. He's, I know he's one of your top guys, but they don't, they don't send, uh, fuck, they don't have any good heels, but they don't need to send their, their top heels to to do that stuff that's what the baby faces are for keep sending drew send cody it'll be fine leave your heel roman reigns doesn't do a bunch of like meet and greets and autograph signings and all this stuff and they they do fine just keep sending drew mcintyre he loves that shit send him to do three million interviews that he does yeah right True. But here at the end of the day, I guess kind of for the, for the, where we're at, right. And by the way, when I talk about MJF and that kind of stuff, he treats everybody the same. He doesn't, he, he, he doesn't care what your background is, who you are, who you're with. He treats everybody like absolute dirt. He treats it, it, it when, it, when it comes to when he meets fans and all that stuff. But I think that, you know, once again, in the short term, I'm just really interested to see where, where this goes. Like you do. I want to know what the end game eventually is going to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't say enough good things about that promo yesterday. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was one of the best promos I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if I lost Jeremy. Jeremy, are you still here? All right, guys. I think we lost Jeremy. I'm going to, uh, keep talking about this. And, uh, 
I, the, the, the chat is really, really mixed on this. I feel like some of y'all really love the idea of MJF. Here, I'm going to scoot this way. So I'm in my little box. Um, I feel like some of y'all really love the idea of MJF uh, over in WWE. And some of y'all really hate the idea of MJF over in WWE. I'm kind of on the fence about it. If I'm being honest, like, I think he could be a massive star in WWE. I really do. But once again, it's just the unknown of like, what if in sours on you? MJF's only like 5'11 or whatever too. He's not like a, he's not a big guy in like Vince's eyes. You know, I'm just, but in AEW, that just doesn't matter. So it's a, it's a tough, it's, it's a tough situation. It's an interesting situation. Um, And with, with two years left on MJF's AEW deal, it makes it even wilder because we got to get through another two years before he would be a free agent. So like they got to work this out over the next two years. We got Jeremy back. All right. Tony cut my Wi-Fi. Apologies. <laughs> Wasn't happy with the things I was saying about uh, MJF and, and, you know, going to WWE. So Tony Khan just decided to cut my Wi-Fi. It's all good. But yeah, the kind of all the kind of at the end of the day, you know, to kind of put a bow on this for me, at least I, I think at this point it's a work. I think it started as a shoot. I think it's now a work. And I think that there had to have been some sort of agreement worked out where I'd imagine MJF is getting paid more money, but I also have no idea if he signed an extension or not. I have no idea. So, um, so we'll kind of have to let it play out, but hell last night was last night got everyone's interest at the very least. So um, Kai had a couple of super chats and now I've lost them because I, I lost uh, the feed. Um, or MJF giving off big stone cold vibes, which is, is definitely, definitely true. Uh, I think it was very stone cold. I don't think, but they can't like corporize uh, MJF. Is that a word? Cor- corporatize? I think it's corporatized. Uh, I don't think you can corporatize MJF. I'm so not sure that's a word. I don't think you could turn MJF corporate. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't think that's going to work. You can't turn like CM Punk corporate. I, I don't think you need to do, you don't need to try to recreate the Austin McMahon thing. I don't think Tony Khan is the guy to play Vince McMahon. I don't think he has any interest in it either. So that's, that's one thing. And I don't think Tony Khan is that kind of like on screen character to where he can, he can pull that off. I could be completely wrong, but Tony Khan just doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be able to pull off like evil authority figure on screen. Um, and then, and Kai had another one that I apologize. Yeah. If, if someone, if JJ, you could send it or Kai, just, just repost it. Obviously I don't have to send money again, but just uh, repost what it was. Um, and, and I'll make sure I read it because I know it was MJF uh, related. Uh, and then we will we will move on. But I'm with you. I think it started off as a shoot. It's turned into a work. Very interested to see where this all goes. I, I think they'll, they'll... I don't know if you let it cool down because I don't think that's completely the play. But I do think they're going to let it like simmer a little bit. Um, yeah, MJF beats down TK, I guess, was, was your other one. That was um, a super chat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Kai. Uh yeah, sure. Just go. I thought that was going to happen last night before he left through the crowd. And they got, I thought like he was going to walk to the back. They were going to keep the, keep the camera on him and he's going to like knock the headset off of Tony Khan or something. And then just slap Tony Khan in the backstage area. And that would have definitely given away that it was a, a work. Um, and that would have been that, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I think, I don't think we're going to get immediate answers. I think the answers will come after forbidden door. I think right now they're going to focus on Forbidden Door and then 
they'll go back because they didn't reference MJF stuff at all. Like, you know, they cut to black. The announcers acted like it never happened and they pulled it from social media. I doubt the video gets uploaded on YouTube. They're just acting like this didn't happen. Like they're, they're playing it very well as like, hey, we don't condone any of this. This isn't this was this was a shoot. That's how they are playing it. And that's how they're going to probably continue to play it until MJF eventually does return. And that's not something you can advertise either. It's like his return. He's just got to come back at some point, which I know might upset like the network or whatever, because you probably want to advertise, hey, MJF is back. But to do this and to pull it off, you can't advertise his return. He's just got to return. Yeah. Yeah. And I say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, because you could even like come out and like attack someone at Forbidden Door or something. But once he does that, like then you know it's a work. Like the second that he comes yeah. out and he starts like having matches and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very, very, very interested to see how to see how this all winds up playing out over the next, you know, few weeks and few months and stuff. But yeah, incredible, incredible promo. Absolutely incredible stuff. Um that that to me, I mean, it, it got comparisons to the pipe bomb. Uh I thought this was like levels above the pipe bomb. Maybe that maybe uh, may, maybe that's blasphemous of me to say, but I thought this was levels above the pipe bomb. That was it may have been the best promo ever, honestly. It may have been the the best promo ever. Cause it was like the passion, the conviction, just he hit all the right notes, the way he was interacting with the crowd and responding to the crowd when they would boo or they would cheer. Like he was, he was taking them on a ride and MJF has had a lot of strong AEW promos. I mean, if you look at like the top five, top 10 AEW promos of all time, MJF's name is on that list multiple times. And this one is going to stand above all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough to top that one. But yeah, really good stuff. I uh, I can't say enough. I mean, well, this will kind of tie in because we're going to talk about CM Punk also winning the title here. Um, like I said, I want to see MJF eventually beat Punk for that championship. But um, we do, you know, our other spotlight for this week for AEW is CM Punk winning the AEW title. That's something that we obviously we need to talk about on the show because it's a huge title change. And uh, how do you feel about that, Jeremy? Because... I feel like the time was right. I feel like a lot of people were expecting Punk to win. And I feel like AEW kind of just like delivered on giving the people what they wanted. And it's just a really unique situation to be able to, to like the, the right time, the right place with like Forbidden forbidden Door coming up and, and all this stuff in Chicago. And it just felt like the right move to put the belt on CM Punk. But at the same time, 
I wouldn't have been upset if, if Hangman would have retained because he's been a hell of a champion. And and the crowd, the crowd was pretty split. Like, and I've been saying this for a while when it comes to Hangman. I think that um, you know, the whole goal of 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 this title run for Hangman was for the crowd and the fan base to to view him on the same level as guys like CM Punk and Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson and those kind of guys. And when you're getting dueling. Let's go hangman CM Punk. Let's go hangman CM Punk. Like you like the mission's been accomplished. Like they like hangman's a bona fide main eventer. So how did you feel about this title change? Uh I said it last week. I thought the move was to put the title on CM Punk. I thought it was was his time. It, no offense to to Hangman's run. He had great matches. Parts of it felt cold. I didn't think the stories were there that they should have that they that should have been there coming out of the Kenny Omega uh feud you know the the adam cole story was like it felt rushed with with things and then it felt i i I said it all last week i didn't think adam cole was the right guy to challenge at that time and i didn't think they did a great job with that feud the danielson feud the matches were were great danielson won the tournament fine the cm punk feud i thought it was it was a little too short i wish and i covid played a little bit of factor there um but it was just a little too short. I would have liked to see a little bit longer. And, and James is right. Like nothing could live up to the chase story. Like that's, that's a hundred percent true. It's not their fault that that story was so good. I still think hangman just deserved a little bit. He just deserved more like better stuff coming out of, of that, uh, of the title win. And he had great matches, but as far as like from a storytelling perspective, it wasn't as good as I think it could have been CM Punk. You know, you're probably going to get some really good stories. I do think forbidden door, muddies things a little bit because his first match isn't even a title. His first pay-per-view match isn't even a title defense. Um, it's just going to be against, maybe it will be a title defense. Cause I think he's beating Tanahashi. I, I don't think Tanahashi is going to beat CM Punk in Chicago. Cause Tanahashi is a guy who doesn't care. He can lose. It's fine. It, it'll be all good. So maybe they'll just put the title on the line just because I'm pretty positive. CM Punk's going to win. Um, I thought the, the move was CM Punk though, because I think there's just more meat with, with him being the champion and I do think that at some point we will get this heel turn and maybe the MJ stu- MJF stuff plays into it. Uh, we'll see. But I think at some point we're going to get the, the heel turn. And I think there's a lot to do with CM Punk as champion. We will see what they do. You know, last night was he teamed with FTR for, for the Bret Hart tribute team, uh, which was, which was fine. Now he's going to wrestle Tanahashi. I'm really looking forward to that match. I hope CM Punk, I don't know if he's like worn out physically. I mean, the buck shot was obviously he messed that up twice. Twice, uh, he, yeah. met, he messed up the, the springboard clothesline last night. Maybe just stay away from the ropes. Stay away from clotheslines and ropes, CM Punk. Just don't do that stuff anymore because it hadn't gone well the, these past couple of matches. Maybe he just needs to take a break. He needs a week off or something and he'll be okay. I'm now more interested in like how they follow up with Hangman because he's wrestling, he's wrestling David Finley on friday and like, he's gonna beat finley like what are they gonna do with hangman coming out of all of this because he had the big chase he won the title his reign was from a match quality perspective excellent but for a lot of fans was a little bit flat and that's why cm punk so many people were clamoring for for cm punk to to win the title and hangman got a great reaction in the building hangman was also it felt like they, the crowd was like more on hangman's side but they didn't like CM Punk winning that everyone was fine with that. So it was a little flat for a lot of fans. Um, and now like, what are they going to do with hangman coming out of this title run? 
I hope they still like keep him very strong and at a high level because he certainly deserves that. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw a bad company bill just just uh commented uh hangman versus Okada at Forbidden Door, which I mean I I love I love that idea. Um because yeah. that keeps Hangman as a perceived main eventer going against the top guy of New Japan. And it's kind of I like the idea of like buckshot lariat versus rainmaker like the two clothesline variants like you know and that's like so i like that idea a lot i really wanted to see like hangman and abushi as well but abushi i don't know what's going on right now with with that um so i mean i would i would i would love to see hangman and okada personally at forbidden door because once again it accomplishes a lot it accomplishes keeping hangman as a as a main event level guy especially if you beat okada like i don't think he will because like i think New Japan's going to want Okada to go over and like whatever match he's in, and rightfully so. I mean, with what Okada means to that company, I, I doubt he loses at Forbidden Door. But you know, does this also lead to Hangman? Because the thing with Hangman is when he has a big loss. I talked about this with Doug a little bit on our show on Tuesday. When he has a big loss, he doesn't just like take the L. He like takes it way too personally and like that's when we've seen like the alcohol uh, alcoholism and all that stuff too. And I don't know if they go back to that with like, you know, maybe they do uh, my, my only reservation with them going back to hangman drinking again would be <clears throat> if, if someone like Moxley wasn't okay with that, but I feel like he probably is considering they've used that in the story for yeah, the Jericho reference. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like he's, as long as like, he's okay with it and other people who are, who have like dealt with like, uh, substance abuse issue and stuff like that as long as like they're okay with that kind of story like i'm okay with it then too and i think that uh, that's what i'm interested to see like does hangman start drinking again is this like kind of a downward spiral and does he have to do a big redemption story again or is that like has it been played out like have we already seen that and like it's it's never going to get as good as that that redemption story to beat omega so maybe they need to do something completely different this time uh, does he do more with the Dark Order again? Because they've been yeah. Do you think he lost. remembers that like he has friends in the Dark Order? Like, do you think like now that he's champion, he just kind of abandoned his friends, and his friends abandoned him? Do you think he like shows up to Dark Order and is like, "Hey, where's Stu? Yeah, you know, what happened? <laughs> yeah. What, what's going on here? Future uh, WWE WrestleMania main eventer. True. Yep. Exactly. Um, you think yeah, he remembers cool. that these guys are still with the company and his friends and everything, and he bought them lawnmowers stuff. Right. Is, is cool Cole, that. Is Cole doing? He's going more to like ROH, is what it sounds like. That's yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. But who knows when ROH is like back running weekly or anything like that? Yeah. So yeah, I I am very interested to see though where where this goes for Hangman because like I said, I think he'll have a heavily featured match at Forbidden Door, and like I said, I, I think the match with Okada makes perfect sense um as a matter of fact speaking of the clothesline versus clothesline type thing i really think that hangman it's kind of tough now because he's he's dug so deep into the into the um buckshot but like i wish his finisher was just a straight up lariat and then like he did the buckshot for like special occasions like that was like the one where it's like he hits the buckshot it's over like you don't kick out of the buckshot but he can beat you with just straight up lariat like most of the time because I, I just, you know, I like that extra, that extra little thing. Now, that, granted, he kind of already has that with the, uh, with the dead eye. Because like he has like a, like a secondary finisher that's like even more brutal than the buckshot is, which is, which is pretty badass for him to have 
all these tools in his arsenal. But I've always thought that like that maybe Hangman should just hit some really nice lariats every now and then and just and save the flips for like big occasions for the for the buckshot. But um because like even with Okada and the Rainmaker, like the one Rainmaker usually gets the job done, but every now and then he'll like hold on to that grip and keep bringing you back up and hit it multiple times. And if he hits you with multiple Rainmakers, it's probably game over. Um, and then he does he still do the Cobra Clutch at all? For a while he was like, oh the like, fucking money, the money, clip. The money clip. This is the, the worst finisher <laughs> in all of wrestling. Money clip. He doesn't yeah. lock it. It looks like shit. Like he did. He doesn't cinch that thing up at all. It looks like the the freaking John Cena SCFU. I hate this finisher. Absolutely hate the money clip. We did New Japan. We did a Wrestle Kingdom <laughs> watch along. I swear he did this money clip for about thirty minutes in all of his matches. I hate this. He needs to knock it off. Knock off the money clip, Okada. It sucks. Love Okada. One of the greatest of all time. The money clip, awful. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I, that's the reason I was asking because I, I I can't remember. I'm I'm a I'm a little bit behind on. I watch New Japan so sporadically at the moment that like I forget some of this stuff and I, and I I can't remember if he was still using that because I remember a while back he was really trying to get that over like as his new move and I wasn't a huge a huge fan of, of that move either. Um, because it looks like shit. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean. He was, he was a fan. At the end of the day, I think that Hangman versus CM Punk was a really good match. They told a really good story. CM Punk almost lost the crowd when he when he messed up the buckshot both times. And you've already kind of alluded to that. I mean, it was just, just is what it is. Um, but he recovered pretty well. Like the second one, he still wound up hitting the, the clothesline and everything. Um, they gave the crowd what they wanted. The, the crowd, I think the crowd loves Hangman. Like he got a great reaction, but at it was just it was just the right place, the right time. It was it's just CM Punk needed to win that match for a lot of reasons, I think. And I think that they uh they pulled it off really, really well. Good for them. And, and we, I'm interested we, to see where it goes forward. Do we think Hangman like turns heel and like snaps because he was gonna hit Punk with the belt and he's like, No, not gonna do it because you know he wanted to save AEW from CM Punk. That was his goal. And he didn't hit him with the belt. Do we think like he eventually snaps or do they do like we think a CM Punk heel turn is coming. Uh, so when CM Punk turns, does Hangman be like, I should have hit him with a belt. I should have saved this company. Like where, how do we think him not hitting CM Punk with the belt plays into all of that? Because obviously that was done for a reason. Yeah. I, that's a really good question because I think that they, they definitely could turn Hangman heel, but they don't, I don't want to see that have to. Yeah. Yeah, either, either do I, to be honest. Like, I'd rather see CM Punk turn heel. But, like, the, the real opportunity, I really feel like, is Hangman going back to drinking and the crowd being really behind him and CM Punk turning heel and being like, y'all are cheering this alcoholic? Like, I'm straight edge. Like, I'm I'm better than this. Y'all are better than this. Like, why are you cheering this guy? And it kind of, like, drives him nuts that, like, someone who is displaying, you know, the traits that CM Punk doesn't like is the one who's getting like all these cheers and stuff. I think it would have worked out better with Hangman as the champion though, if they were going to go that with that story, if he was still drinking as the champion and CM Punk turned heel and that's how he beat him. But I also think it's possible to go back to Hangman and CM Punk at some point. Like I really do. I, I, I could see them having another match for the title at some point also. And, and AEW hasn't had any repeat world champions either. I mean, it's, it's, 
for all we know, Hangman's the one to beat Punk for the title again. Like, I, we, I, I don't know. I personally, I like to see someone new get that rub, but I don't know. They, they just, they just got to be careful to a degree because you've done so much work in getting Hangman to this level. You just don't want him to drop off. So, like, you got to yeah. keep him at a certain level. But yeah, per, personally, I like to see him stay as a babyface. But they'll definitely play into the. Because this has been Hangman's character the whole time he's been in AEW has been like the, the should I or shouldn't I? Like, should I hit this guy with his belt or shouldn't I? Like, should I go back to drinking or shouldn't I? Like, do I have friends or don't I? Like, he's the he's the the anxious millennial cowboy. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's got a lot going on in his head, and he's kind of he's kind of mentally fragile in a lot of ways. And and like I said, that's why I'm wondering, like, does he go back to the drinking now that he's lost the title? Like, does he take this this loss really, really hard? Um, or does he learn from his mistakes in the past with his last redemption storyline and shrug this one off and just start racking up wins and get back into title contention? So, but the good thing is we don't know, but these are all good options. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where they wind up going with all of this. I'm sure he'll just have a bunch of good matches and that'll be that. Just keep booking him against cool matches that people like. You don't need to actually tell stories. Uh no, I, I think I think Hangman will be fine. I, I think they'll they'll hopefully do him justice <clears throat> with stuff. Uh because he was a he was a very good champion and then he's still one of the top guys in the company. He's still one of the top guys in the company. They just have so many guys that could be top guys, and that's where you get worried about guys getting lost in the shuffle. And I hope Hangman doesn't get lost in the shuffle. David Finley, he'll probably, he's not probably, he's going to beat David Finley on Friday. I would imagine. I don't know. Like if he does a post-match promo or anything after that, that'll be the big thing for Hangman. So I'm interested to see where they go with Hangman. They do have a lot of options with him and hopefully they, they follow up his title loss with something more than just, he just has matches and he's just kind of a guy and he's just there. Um, Let's move on to, to WWE spotlights. We had what I thought was a very good promo until Wednesday when Seth or when MJF cut his promo. Seth Rollins on Raw uh, for the go home show against Cody Rhodes and Hell in a Cell. He referenced w, uh, AEW. Didn't like outright say AEW, but he said you left six years ago. Your little friends tried to tear down what I built and it didn't work. You came back here. He said you don't get to take a sledgehammer to the throne and then come back and try to take that throne from me. I was talking about Cody leaving, going to AEW, Cody smashing the throne at double or nothing three years ago. Um, I thought it was a good promo by Seth. People are going to latch on to, I thought Seth didn't like it when AEW guys mentioned WWE on television and he finds it corny and he finds it cheap and he finds it lowbrow and all this stuff. Uh, look, it's different. We kind of thought that he didn't outright mention AEW. Um, we kind of knew that at some point Cody's AEW pass was going to be referenced and Seth has mentioned it before. And Seth in that same interview where he said like, Oh, it's tacky for AEW guys to mention WWE. He acknowledged that like when we do it, it's different because we're acknowledging history. It's not just, Hey, let's take a cheap shot to take a cheap shot. And that is what Seth was essentially doing here. He was acknowledging Cody's history when it came to AEW. I don't have a problem with any of the shots. AEW guys can take their shots. WWE guys can take their shots. I think it's all great. Um, I'm just, I'm defending Seth Rollins. I'm a Seth Rollins defender now. I don't have the glove, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm a Seth Rollins defender now. I thought this was a very good promo. I really liked the, the brawl that they did. And 
this this uh, pay per view doesn't have a ton of juice for me, but I am looking forward to what they do with Cody and Seth. What do you think of this promo, Jensen? I, I like I like the promo. Um, it it was, you know, I, I like hearing them finally talking about those kind of things because it, it's like the elephant in the room. It needed to be addressed, and I love that the lines that they went with were about like you can't. You can't be go over there and smash a throne and then come over here and expect to take my throne. You know, like it's it's I, I like that a lot. And also Seth, like Seth's a heel. So for him to kind of be a hypocrite into in a, to in a, in a way, like you know, if people have an issue with we'll see him or um well Seth Rollins thinks it's lowbrow to talk about the other company and yada yada, it's like, well, he's a heel, so like he's kind of being contradictory so like you know what i mean like why it's okay for him to go against his own word um yeah i mean i i my honestly my biggest thing is i just i really don't want to see cody lose at all heading into a match with roman i really Benson, are you gonna cry if cody loses you're, you're such a big cody fan you said you'll cry if he wins when he if he beats roman at summer <laughs> yeah will you cry if he loses no, I won't cry if he loses, but <laughs> I uh, I will cry tears of joy if he beats Roman Reigns for the world title, but especially if I'm there live. Um, but now what what throws me off, though, is like if he loses at Hell in a Cell, do they just do the whole thing that everyone's expecting where he'll just win money in the bank? And then do they hold off until WrestleMania for the thing with him and Roman and, and all this? I want him, Roman, SummerSlam, Nashville, Tennessee, so I can be there live. But uh yeah i i don't know i'll be picking cody in my wrestle rumble predictions guy i feel like most people are going to take seth um but it's uh I, I i love the 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 promos but it's also like this is the third match in a row on pay-per-view that we've had cody versus seth and you know i just i just think that there's a lot of money to be made for the wwe and a lot of interest to be generated for the wwe with and un, I say undefeated Cody because, like, you know, we're talking about his current run here. An undefeated Cody going in against Roman Reigns, who hasn't lost the title. And, you know, he hasn't lost a match since sometime in 2019. I mean, I, I just, I think there's a there's some devaluing that would go on if, you know, if Cody loses this match. And then, like, he doesn't need to win Money in the Bank to be a title challenger. Although, like, he was supposed to win Money in the Bank, like, 10 years ago um, in and they changed the plans on him last minute. And maybe that's something he really wants to accomplish. And like, maybe that's part of the story, but I, as far as the actual promo though, like I thought the promo was really good, but it's also kind of like a pro. It's not even really, it's a heelish thing because it's Seth Rollins, but at the same time, like he's kind of spitting truth on that too. Like he's just bringing up the facts of like Cody left and he, you know, and this is what he did when he was over there. And now he's kind of crawled back and, he's not really lying about anything. So he's, you know, so it's it, but like, like I said, I like the promo. I'm just worried about the outcome of this match. Cause I, if you're WWE, it's hard to believe that they're just going to have Cody beat him three pay-per-views in a row. But at the same time, what's the point of, of having Seth ultimately win this? Like it just, I don't know. Wins and losses don't matter. Jensen, you're trying to make too much sense of winning and losing when none of it matters. Cody's trying to make it matter with like winners purses and everything. He's trying, but at the end of the day, they don't care about that shit. They'll have Cody lose 
And then the next night, he can just salvage himself with a promo. He can win Money in the Bank, and then he can lose a bunch when he's Money in the Bank briefcase holder because they love doing that shit. Uh, but wins and losses, they don't matter. Seth can lose. Honestly, Seth can lose this and be fine. Seth has lost all year and hurt him at all. He's still in these top programs. He can win Money in the Bank. Honestly, Seth can lose this and Seth can win Money in the Bank. It doesn't matter. These wins and losses don't matter. The promo was great. Yeah. Hey, fair enough. That, that's that's fair enough. Um, but yeah, great promo. I think the match is going to still be great. Like, I think it's going to be so one, of, one of, if not the best match. Of, is of Cody going to bleed? You think Cody bleeds? That's a good question. I think he's going he to want to. Um, He'll find a way. Yeah, that might be kind of like a flare type scenario where like they're like, don't do it. And he's like, I won't. And then he goes out there and immediately like, and then it was like, what are you going to do? Ask for forgiveness later. You know what I mean? Cody's um, Cody's going to gig himself like just before the match. And then he's going to tell Seth, like, just right here. Give me with a couple good shots. It'll bust. I'll be like, oh, you know, ran into the cage, got hit with a couple stiff ones. It happens. It happens. Cody's up. If Cody does not bleed, I will be shocked. I will be absolutely stunned if, if Cody does not bleed. I, I think he will. I was going to say, like, I'll bleed on air, but I'm not cutting myself. I'm sorry. That, no, that I don't, I don't need to see that, especially this, this early in the morning. Gig myself, yeah. yeah. Gig myself at 9.30 on a Thursday <laughs> next week. That wouldn't that wouldn't go well. I have no idea how to do it. I, I get bread in here to gig me like he did for Austin at WrestleMania 13. Um, is this Seth's first Hell in a Cell since Fiend? No, he did the, the match against Edge, JJ. Um, That's right. Yeah. He may have done one, like, after that as well, but I distinctly remember the match against Edge last year. Um, yeah, Co- Cody blades himself, and Seth just faints. That's one way to win. Um, well, if if anyone can get away with it, though, it's obviously Cody. He's getting like like a kind of treatment that like we've never really we haven't really seen before. Um, and to your point from earlier, you know, this really we talked about it before on the show, but like it's so strange upping your value outside of the company. And that's how they perceive you as a star. Like it's, uh, you know, even like Jeff Jarrett and stuff, like he went off and like created TNA and like did all that stuff. And like, now they keep bringing him back as like a backstage guy and like an agent and stuff. <laughs> Jeff you know Jarrett. I mean? That's because he's the, he's the greatest grifting worker of all time. <laughs> like this man is on a different level. He, he's the, he's legitimately the best worker of all time. This man went to GCW. Is like, yeah, let me get this payday. Let me get this win. And he's like, deuces. I'm gonna take this WWE job. Deuces. I'm gonna run this minor league baseball team. Jeff Jarrett's the best worker of all time. No debate. Him and Kevin Nash are like <laughs> one and two for me. These dudes, they'll just stay relevant and stay working forever. Doesn't matter. Flair has fucked things up. Hogan has fucked things up. Like the, a lot of these legends, they just say d- dumb stuff and they they screw up whatever career they want. I mean, Flair now back in good graces, they're doing a documentary and stuff. Hogan can come back and like host. Jeff Jarrett remains relevant in like all promotions and is now back with WWE. And he's selling yeah. people gold bars and shit. Like that that's how he's probably getting paid in gold bars. So sold Vince gold bars. Fuck uh NFTs and crypto, gold bars is where it's at. Jeff Jarrett knew this man's the best worker of all time. Yeah. I mean, he's going to win. I can't dispute it. He's going to win the NWA world title. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, that's my prediction. Um, like your WWE spotlight. This fought me so much Friday night. You're just like shanky dancing. I don't need to see anything else from WWE anymore. Just shanky dancing. This is yep. about SmackDown. Shanky was dancing. 
Yep. It's the only thing I saw from SmackDown too. I it, it like popped up <laughs> on my timeline or something. I immediately uh I immediately DM'd you. I was just like, yeah, shaky dancing, don't need to see anything else. Um yeah, that's pretty much the spotlight. Like I just wanted to throw that out there because I just I thought it was funny. Like, like <laughs> he's just out there and he's so tall, this guy. He's like he's gotta be close to like a seven footer, like a legit seven footer. Like he's he's a tall dude. And I uh I just thought it was funny because he was pretty much out there just like spamming like Fortnite dances. Like he's just he's like up there like by like the the, the announcer's table. Oh, and this, just... Yeah. This man's like <laughs> do, do all the shanky dances here. He's all, and then he's he like this switching it up to like other stuff. I and, can't like, floss. Starts... If I tried to floss, it's like yeah, I starts flossing. I mean, yeah. Oh, you're gonna actually you're in a Christian. Look at this old school Christian Cage shirt yeah, right here, baby. Captain Charisma yeah. shirt. Yeah, my camera isn't great, but like I don't know how to how to floss. Hold on. Get get out of here, Steven Jensen. No one okay. needs to see you. Everybody wants okay. to see me attempt to floss, which I can't do at all. Okay, so it's like, how do you do it? It's like that, that I can't do this at all. That that's yeah, not how I'm gonna floss, have to right? try too. All right. It's like uh all right, you're gonna floss. I can't do it. I can't do it either. I can't Two dance. old white men it's trying to like, floss. This like, isn't uh, going well. Wait, hold on. No, oh, yeah. now now I'm on the spot. It's like a. Uh, yep. It's like a <laughs> boom, boom. That's boom a little bit better. Thing, something yeah, like that. I think. Oh, I think boy. I just knocked myself yeah, out. Yeah, you're just busting your mic out over here. <laughs> just breaking shit. And Shanky's over here, like doing all this. He's he's like friggin' vanilla ice over <laughs> here, just like doing Dude. this thing. So uh, my new spotlight is shanky's badass because he can dance and i can't apparently um yeah no i, We're I really too can't white dance. to dance We're i'm too way too white to be dance. fair i'm too jewish too i think i think i think it's a uh i think it's a known thing that that jews can't dance uh jews just don't have rhythm unfortunately and that's i i am that you know so i just don't have rhythm but um yeah i can't do the floss and the sad thing is i play a lot of fortnite like that's like a game that me and my brother like it's like a bonding thing for us because like we just love to we love to play duos together as a matter of fact i even have a little i got a dark voyager funko pop right here as a matter of fact you i don't understand see it, but any of these references. fortnite but um but yeah anyway shanky doing um Shanky doing for basically just spamming fortnite dances was just funny to me so i wanted to make it the spotlight because it's like it's just so WWE, right? We're like, yeah. Hey, we have this Ooh, guy who honestly, like, he's like a seven footer, and like, there's all these things we could do with this guy, and uh, you know, we can make him like this monster heel, or we can do this or that, and like, it's gonna be real believable because he's so huge. And they're like, you know what? Let's just let's just make him dance. Let's just see, him, <laughs> let's just see where it goes. Just see what happens. Like. This isn't going to wind up good for him. Like he's not going to get. I mean, he might get over in the short term. Fans might kind of like laugh at this. Oh, like, they don't care. Yeah, he's just going to dance, and he'll just be a comedy guy, and it'll be fine. They don't have no. They have no actual interest of pushing this guy. So sure, you may as well just have some fun out there. It'll be fine. He's not trying to get over, and oh, this is going to hurt his main event status. Oh, like if it keeps him on television, shit, that's better than half these guys that they have no idea what to do with. That's very true. Um, but it's just, it is funny. It's funny to watch. And I'm, I am intrigued to see week after week how this develops. Like, he's going to keep dancing. Yeah. There's no long term oh, no, play here. Well, no, no, but I mean, like, how long will this go on? Like, how long before Vince either thinks that this is so funny that, like, he's going to get a push or that it's like just, That's he's going to give up on it? 
you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is just, it's not going to wind up good for Shanky doing this. I just it honestly it. could. It, it actually could. You're right. He could just get a big push out of this. Vince just thinks this whole shit's hilarious. And he's like, push the push the dancing guy. Let's do it. Let's just push this guy. And Paul Driver Finisher makes a good point that I want to bring up. Gender's music, that shit bangs. That's a good ass song. All right. When that when that theme plays, I'm like, yeah, let go. Da, 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 let go. I don't know the song. I don't know what <laughs> that song's really good. That and the Usos theme, Usos theme forever, forever pops me. That shit comes on like, yeah, skirt down since day one. I'm always dancing that. Fiance looks at me like, what are you doing? Like that? You gotta, you gotta, gotta get it going. That song fucking bangs right there. Well, the funny thing for me with Shanky was like, it came so out of the blue for me. I don't know if they've been like teasing this at all or if it was just random for everyone. Okay. Cause I was like, all I saw was him like looking like he was going to attack someone at the announce table or something. And I was like, where's this, where's this heading? And then he just starts dancing and then he's going from different dance to different dance. And the crowd was kind of like into it, but they were also like, really confused too oh like, they'll just... they'll start they'll they'll start playing it the the kids will start dancing soon enough they'll ca- camera cut to all the people in the crowd dancing they're gonna get some mileage out of this shit they will 100 percent get some mileage out of this yeah so we'll see i mean i can't forget the funkasaurus you know what i mean like there's no we should forget it's... that but really <laughs> that's, my forget that. that's my point that's my point all right well shout uh, out shank you made you made the show this week, Shanky. <laughs> uh, my other spotlight this week is from Shanky dancing to unfortunately Matt Cardona tearing his bicep, needing surgery. Uh, this is a big blow for a lot of reasons, and the biggest one, at least in the media future, is that he was supposed to defend the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against Nick Aldis next week at a show named after him. The show is called Always Ready. It is named after him, and now he said he's going to be there. I don't think he's wrestling just a few days after bicep surgery. He's due for surgery on Tuesday is what he said. Uh, So I don't think he's wrestling just a few days after bicep surgery. I don't know what they're going to do with the title. And my assumption is that Jeff Jarrett. Well, so hold on, hold on. I think he's doing the, he's doing the surgery after. No, he said the surgery is on Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. He said, he said yesterday that the surgery is on Tuesday. So, okay, I got my timeline mixed up because he was saying he was going to do the match still, or I guess maybe it, he's just he said he was going to appear. There. He okay. said he was going to okay. be there, but he never like promised he was going to do any type of like wrestling because uh, he's like, I'll be there. You know, I got to show up. It's my pay per view. What Billy Corgan decides to do after that is what he decides to do. I don't okay. think he's in any condition to actually wrestle. I really don't because. If he was, he probably wouldn't have said any of this stuff. He would just try to pull through it. He's doing surgery. I don't think he's going to wrestle. Uh, we'll see what they do with the title. My guess is Jeff Jarrett comes in, and Jeff Jarrett just wins the title. And he just takes it to WWE, and he defends it on WWE live events since he runs that whole program now. What I don't need is another Nick Aldis run. That's what I don't need. But because Cardona is going to be out for a while, because Jeff Jarrett is now back with WWE, I don't know who else they're going to go to in this spot unless they they got somebody up their sleeve that they can sign and they can put in this spot. But I don't know who who that is. They got Braun. They got Adam Schur coming in. They got EC3. They got Cross coming in to take this title. I don't know. What do you think, Jensen? Yeah, it's, it's, it's another tough one because, like, I, I mean, so 
with Jeff Jarrett's role in WWE, because I legitimately don't know how this works anymore with them. Like, can he still work indies and stuff? Like, if he wants to wrestle, is he allowed to do NWA if he wanted to? I don't like, think so. I'm not sure that, like, I have no idea what his deal is, but he's an ex- technically an executive with WWE running live events. My guess is that, like, he's not wrestling. Like, he can't wrestle uh, elsewhere. But he's Jeff Jarrett. Like, he's probably got it written into his contract that he can still wrestle. I'm just going right. to assume... Because he's Jeff Jarrett, he can he can wrestle wherever he wants. I'm gonna assume he can wrestle wherever he wants. He's got that in his contract. Because the Jeff Jarrett thing with Effie, that's such a shame too. Because like they were still playing that story out, and like if he doesn't do GCW again, he, it's just like I don't think he's going. Well, no, I don't. I don't, I don't he, think he's going to. I'm I'm just saying he, he totally worked, he, he worked totally the shit swing. out of Brett Lauderdale yeah. on that one. <laughs> He swindled them massively. And I feel bad for Effie because, like, Effie should have won billion percent won that match. Um, but, yeah, I uh, – because that's the thing is, like, I don't think anyone's really clamoring for an all-this title run again, um, especially because he had the belt for so long. Uh, he had the two title runs technically when Cody beat him for a short time. But he had the belt for so long. Um, and there just isn't that many good options in the NWA that they haven't, like, ruined. So, like, for instance, I think uh, the Pope probably would have been, like, the best option a while back, um, especially when he was, like, the TV champion and he was, like, racking up the the wins. And he's one of the most over guys that they have, and he's still very, very good in the ring. And I just – but that's that's the – and the other thing that sucks about this is, you know, they were were building up a stipulation between between Cardona and Aldis as either being a cage match or a death match at this show. And obviously like that can't happen if Cardona is not going to be in the match. So like, do they just do all this versus someone else for the title? Because Cardona is going to have to vacate most likely, you know, and I just don't know who that's going to be. I could see Jeff. I like, I honestly, the WWE stuff aside, like if Jeff Jarrett is able to be a part of this show, <coughs> I could see Jeff Jarrett legitimately winning the title. Um, I could see, I mean, I don't think it'll happen on this show, but we talked about it before. I think there's a chance Ric Flair wins that title if he's going to be wrestling again. Like, I, I think it's possible. Um, I, I had I, a dream. Mm-hmm. This this speaks volumes about my dreams. I had a dream that Sting was announced as Flair's last opponent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a scoop. I don't know if that's a spoiler. <laughs> but if they announce Sting as the last opponent, just remember that my dreams predicted that first. Okay, um, That's fair. But... I think Flair's just doing the last match and he's done. But I guess, shit, he could do this match against Aldis at Always Ready and then still do his last match in July and just win the title. Who knows with Ric Flair? It's... Or, I mean, have they announced Flair's opponent yet for the fairgrounds? No, no. They yeah, maybe it's Aldis. Maybe Aldis wins the world championship at Always Ready and it's, it's Aldis big. versus Ric Flair. It could be. It legitimately could be Nick Aldis, honestly. they. I hope they don't put this title back on on all this just but i don't know if, if, if it's not all this i don't know who it's going to be i know jj said tyrus i could see him facing tyrus honestly i could see him tyrus coming out and being like well cardona's out i'm in but then all this is beating tyrus if they put this title on tyrus billy corgan better have a lot of the smashing pumpkins money saved up he better be touring every single day better be playing little dive holes every single day to build this money back up because NWA ain't lasting much longer if they put this belt on Tyrus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think did, that, uh, I know you did. Yeah. I don't, I mean, but here's the thing is as much as we could joke about that, 
they have legitimately put that um that tv title on him and they have like he hasn't lost in a long time <laughs> like it's like they actually have been pushing tyrus big time and in, in yeah. anyways like you so you you really never know like they might actually go with him um but yeah i uh we should probably move on because I got about 10 minutes or so left, but I, 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 I'll say this. I, I hope Cardona a speedy recovery. I'm a huge Cardona fan. Um, you'll hear a little bit more about him when we're talking about to Josh Bishop in our interview at the end of the show. Um, Cause we actually want to break in the news to Josh about Cardona's yes. injury. And, and Josh has a big story built with him that was supposed to play out and, and kind of pay off in a couple months. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I hope that Cardona gets back uh, gets back soon because he's he's been killing it everywhere that he's at and he's got stuff building in, in GCW him and Blake Christian and him and Pimvers like the whole roster pretty much and NWA champion and just everything he's doing on the Indies AIW absolute and intense champion like they're he's got all these title belts all over the place and, and he means a lot to a lot of companies right now so. Um, it's a it's a bummer too because that was the biggest draw for me of the entire NWA Always Ready show was watching Cardona and now he's not going to be on the oh show and that's and that's a bummer yeah yeah so it's a bummer it, you know but I hope but I hope he gets I hope he's back soon I'm I'm a huge fan I'm a, I'm a major mark as they as they call themselves so I I'm I'm Team Cardona for sure so I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him back and I, I wish him a speedy recovery. The other other spotlight is the Queen of the Mountain match coming up at Slammiversary. I know this was announced a, a couple weeks ago, but we, we didn't really talk about it, and we didn't touch on um, Mia Yim being back in Impact either. So it's Tasha Steeles, Diana Perrazzo, Chelsea Green, Mia Yim, and Jordan Grace in this Queen of the Mountain match for the Knockouts Championship. Uh, this is a, a, We weren't going to reference Jeff Jarrett. JJ, this is our way to get Jeff Jarrett onto the show, and then we still talked about Jeff Jarrett for 20 minutes. Queen of the Mountain. It's obviously King of the Mountain with, with women. I don't know your thoughts on the King of the Mountain match, Jensen. Like, what do you think of this concept? And, you know, the, I, I guess this match with, with the, these, these uh, women in it. So I think that the King or Queen of the Mountain concept is very convoluted and very confusing to people who have never seen it, especially. Um, I, without getting into all the rules, I mean, because this is the match, if they still do it this way, you know, it's like you got to, you got to like pin or submit somebody to qualify, to be able to carry the belt up the ladder. You get put in a penalty box. If you get defeated, there's like, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost as, it's almost as bizarre as when they do like those reverse battle Royals where like you had to get into the no, Don't group it with the reverse <laughs> battle Royal. Do not do that. That shit um, is awful. <laughs> but I'll say this, this is like levels above of like, like that, the feaster fired stuff, which is like, you know, everyone goes after a briefcase, but like someone's going to win getting fired from the company. Yeah. So like, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I'll say this. I think the competitors in this match, this is great. Like, this is a great, uh, a great, uh, I, 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 lineup. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So we got Tasha Steele, Chelsea Green, <clears throat> Deanna Praza, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim. I see some people in the chat saying it, and we say it all the time. Uh, Impact has one of the best, I, I'd say for a singular brand, one singular show, basically, I think they probably have the best collection of women's talent. If you look at WWE over the span of like all of their brands, then they do. But like Impact being just one show, I think that they have like the best women's roster. And this is five of their best women right here in this match. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. 
I, I legitimately have no idea who's going to win because like Tosh is a, a pretty new champion, but I think she, I think it's been a little hit or miss, but mainly hit. Um, she's 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 growing as the champion as well. Um, Mia Yim's got a lot of buzz coming into the company recently. I think Jordan Grace and Diana Perrazzo are legitimately two of the best wrestlers just in the world in general, regardless of gender. And like I'm I'm always a fan of seeing them in a high profile situation. And Chelsea Green has done. I, she, I think she's like really over delivered from what I expected her to after leaving WWE. Like I, I didn't, I was never the biggest Chelsea green fan, but I think what she's done recently, she's really upped her game. And I think that she's looked really, really good. So like, and it's not that I dislike Chelsea to begin with. I want to make that clear. It's just, I, I always felt that she was maybe a little overhyped personally, but I think she's done really well in this recent role she's been in, whether it be in, in, in impact or as a part of like, Car, you know, stuff with Cardona and GCW and stuff. I, I and with AIW, I, I really like what Chelsea Green's been doing. So I like this matchup a lot. And as far as a prediction, like I would love to see Jordan Grace win. Like I'm a huge Jordan Grace fan. I feel like she constantly gets kind of lost in the mix. So like I'd like to see her win personally. But literally any of these women winning, I could I could see a reasoning for all of them. Um, and I think it's gonna be a great match. I, I love the concept of King of the Mountain now for this match, Queen of the Mountain. It is very convoluted, but it's also different and wacky enough that it's still that it pops me because I love different and wacky shit. Uh, so it pops me just like how different and wacky it is. But it also works like it, it's had some staying power. Reverse Battle Royal that had no staying power that that got out immediately. But this has had some staying power with how it works. I, I really like the, the King of the Mountain concept bless chef jared what just the greatest wrestler the greatest worker the greatest mind in the business uh, that, that's ever lived um i think mia yim's going to win i know she's on a short-term contract it takes her to bound for glory i think she can just have a short reign with the title and then drop it to whoever at bound for glory but i, I think mia yim is going to end up winning this match she she came in with a lot of buzz her debut was great um she's she she automatically looks like a star going into things and i think if you give her the title maybe there is a chance that she signs a longer extension with them because obviously aew is the other place she could go aw's women's division now that they've added athena uh will washington is pretty set that they're going to add one more and of course they previously added tony storm this year will's pretty set that they're going to add one more in the next coming weeks and stuff. And, you know, Dakota, Candice, Tegan are all kind of the names floating out there. Um, so if they add another one, Mia Yim very much could get lost in the shuffle. Impact, she ain't getting lost in the shuffle. She could be a star in Impact. So I think she ends up, if she wins the title, you could sell her on signing longer with Impact. And I think that um, she ends up staying with Impact. If, whether she wins the title or not, I think she ends up staying with Impact. But I think Mia could have kind of a short run with the title. Yeah, I think all that all that totally makes sense. Um, I just I just hope it's a good match, and I, I expect it to be. There's a lot of great talent in there, and also just really quick, Jeff Jarrett. We keep talking about about how great of a guy Jeff Jarrett is, and and how great of a worker he is. I will say this, like in all honesty, I <clears throat> because I you know I lived in Nashville as long as I did and I, I actually had seen him in person a couple times just like out and about and he legitimately is like a really really nice guy like at least to the fans like I walked up to him and I was just like I'm a big wrestling fan and it's like really cool to meet you and we sat there and talked about like minor league baseball and like other wrestling and for like five ten minutes like just 
just standing there and he was like god jj jj is going crazy right now to you telling this jeff jarrett story but like literally he was like i couldn't believe that he was he was just so personable like he was just he was legitimately interested in 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 talking to another wrestling fan just about did he try to sell you gold bars he was trying to sell you something he didn't try to sell me anything dude i was literally because i was talking to him it was actually at a natural sounds game a minor league baseball game and i was like I was like, man, I wish that like y'all would run because uh, he was with NWA at the time. I was like, man, or, or sorry, he was also doing like Global Force. And I remember being like, man, I really wish you would run this stadium. And he's like, yeah, it's tough for like this reason or that reason. But he's like, I love this stadium. I love this town, blah, blah, blah. And then I started talking about his wrestling career a little bit and just like how I'm a big fan and like really love that he founded TNA and all this stuff. And it was, it was just, he was a really, really, really nice guy. Um, so I, I want to throw that out there for, for all the flack he, he gets for like all these various reasons. Like if you're a wrestling fan, you approach Jeff Jarrett, he'll probably be really, really, really nice to you. So just throwing that out there. Trying to sell you them gold bars. That's why he's <laughs> nice to you. Uh, Andy Spotlight, this coming week on Uncharted Territory, uh, June 6th, uh, it'll be AC Mack defending the Independent Wrestling Championship against... Uh, Speedball Bailey. So two two former guests on the show. So Speedball continuing his run of greatness this year, just having banger matches after banger matches. I expect no no different on this one against AC Mack. I'm really looking forward to this match. I've really enjoyed the Uncharted Territory uh, season this year with, uh, you know, it's been in the Southeast, which has been a big thing. And, you know, we had, we've had Moe's on the show to talk about it as well. He's doing commentary for, for it. So... I, I think it's been Uncharted Territory was already like the best weekly independent show when it was being run in the Northeast and now being in the Southeast, it's been just just as good as advertised. So if you guys haven't been watching it, please watch it uh, and definitely check out Speedball against AC Mack this Monday because I expect this to be one of the, the better independent matches. I mean, it might be the best Uncharted Territory match uh, of the season when it's all said and done. Speedball, he doesn't miss. Speedball does not yes. miss. Which is saying a lot too, because they've had some bangers already. The first, I think there are four episodes in now on Uncharted Territory. Yeah, for this season, and they every show is has totally delivered, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely check this show out. Use code Fight Talk if you want to help me out over there at IWTV. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I I I can't wait to see this match and and to kind of talk about it more after it happens because. Speedball, in my opinion, is legitimately one of the best all-round workers in the world right now. Like in any company, anywhere, anywhere in the world, you know, I, I think he's just he's making a real case for wrestler of the year right now. And yeah, I, I, think, I think he's, I think he'd get it if, unfortunately, he wasn't just working a bunch of like independent shows and stuff. If you, if you give him just one big platform, he'd probably get it. But people are gonna, I mean, Danielson's gonna be up there. And, you know, the guys who work the television and everything are probably going to be more likely to get in speedball. But like from consistency, from body of work, just the catalog, it's going to be tough to deny speedball at the end of the year. Yeah, well, at least he does have the impact platform. I know it isn't quite like the WWE or the AEW platform, but he does have some level of like the TV exposure with impact, which is good. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be an absolute banger. And AC Mack has been a great IWTV champion. Um, he's great as a heel or as a babyface, and in character wise, and he's great in the ring too. He just he doesn't show it as much when he's a heel because he's usually kind of getting his ass kicked. But then like he'll find a way to win. Um, but 
but when he needs to go in the ring, he can really go in the ring. So I think this match is going to be fantastic. And I'm assuming AC Mack will retain the title. Um, but I think it's going to be an absolute banger. And it's cool that Speedball is going to be there in like Chattanooga, Tennessee and the TW arena. Like those fans are going to love him there. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. Shout out to IWTV, shout out to Southeast first, shout out to our boy, jump Johnny Mosley and, uh, our other boy Dylan Hales over there locking down the commentary. And uh yeah, I yeah, I can't say enough good things. I'm very much looking forward to AC Mac versus uh versus Speedball Bailey. Jensen, your indie spotlight is this guy. Yes. Early morning guy steal. Let's go. And unfortunately, I have to bounce. I mean, I, I got like two minutes before I gotta run out of here. But yeah, so early morning guy steal uh is the biggest mystery in all of wrestling. Are you gonna leave him up there? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. He's the biggest mystery in all of wrestling. Um, <clears throat> there has been a lot of, you know, a lot of chatter about who is this guy. He's obviously, he's wearing a mask that looks like a human face, but like it's a mask. Um, his gimmick is basically that of a guy who like botches, but then will hit something spectacular. So like he'll like climb the ropes and like rack himself because he's off balance, but then he'll hit like some crazy like 450 or something off the top rope. Um, I, they, they've been throwing people off the scent for a while here. They, they were teasing that one of the referees, Jesse was him, um, who wears like the big glasses. And I had to go back and look at the clusterfuck to, to, to do some investigating. And I noticed that Jesse, that referee was right there in the same frame as early morning guy steal. So it isn't him. So the question is, who is this guy? My guess as of right now, I think this is John Morrison potentially. I know this ah. sounds I know this sounds crazy, but the moves that he's been doing lately, he, he his finisher, uh, he won uh he won the scramble this past this past GCW show. His finisher was pretty much a starship pain or something very sorry, not a starship pain, a uh, moonlight drive. It was very similar, kind of like that twisting neck breaker. And I was like, that's kind of like a Morrison move. And he also did that barrel roll 450 that Morrison does. And he's been using more on the indies. It's like a, it's like a sideways 450 off the top. And in early morning guys still basically did that move too. And also he was in the scramble match. And on the same show, Morrison wrestled the match later that night also. So like Morrison was in the building. So like my investigative work, I, I think this might be John Morrison. Um, and on top of that, dad, who we will hopefully be talking to soon, right on this show, who some of y'all might know from like YouTube and the creator clash, he's friends with John Hennigan, John Morrison, and he's been appearing on shows with him. And I tweeted at dad and said, Hey, I want to see you versus early morning guy steal. And he was like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, is it Morrison? Like, so I think this might be Morrison. So I'm just throwing that out there. It would pop me tremendously if John Morrison is like, yeah, I'm wrestling Samoa Joe and Miro on <laughs> AEW TV. And then on the weekends, I go cosplay as early morning guys. Steal. Uh, you know, good work if you can get it. I first, I know you got to go, Jensen. I'll let you, yeah. I'll let you do your plugs and then I'll talk a little bit about early morning guys. Steal. Yeah, go for it. Because once again, obviously he's wearing a lot of padding and stuff under there. Like it's hard to tell who this is under this suit. But that said, and I don't know, I don't know the height. So we have to do a little more investigating, but <clears throat> shout out to early morning guys steal. If y'all want to follow me on Twitter, it's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L underscore. Um, just excuse me, follow me there. And um, yeah, I got to run. 
Thank you, Jensen. I'll talk to you next week. Jensen will be back next week. We're back at 9.30 next week, everybody. Uh, but thank you to Steve yes. and Jensen. Enjoy, enjoy the Josh Bishop interview, y'all. Yes. Um, JJ, we can... Does early morning guy still have Twitter? Let's see. If not, I'll tweet Joey Janela right now and see if we can't get early morning guy steal on the show. Um, why is Twitter acting... Is Twitter acting up for anybody else? It's been giving me some issues for the last uh, couple couple days. Oh, early morning guy still does have Twitter. Uh, not a lot of followers. Now fighting humans, not just cows, for booking contacts. All right, so he's on Twitter. All right, let's tweet early morning guy steal. Hey, it's at early steal. If anybody would you like to be interviewed by? Oh wait, how, how should I set this up? Hey, early morning, we myself and at Fight Talk. Benson would like to interview you on the spotlight. You are awesome. <laughs> Let us know if you're interested. Okay, there we go. Let's see if we can get early morning Kai Steele on this show. <laughs> I first saw him at the scramble. He's he's so good. He's, he's hilarious. I didn't get it at first. I was like, this is stupid as shit. And granted, this is the scramble, the clusterfuck. Um, not the scramble, sorry, the clusterfuck. Uh, at spring break. And it's very late. It's like 3 a.m. or something. I'm very tired. And he comes up. And yeah, he probably will be like, who the fuck is this? Um, and he's out there. I was like, oh, man, this is, can we just end this thing? But then the more it went, I was like, this is, this is so stupid. But it works. Uh, bless. Bless early morning guy, Steel. Maybe we'll get him on the spotlight in the coming weeks or something. We shall see. All right, everybody. I am going to throw to the interview we did with Josh Bishop. Uh, in AIW tradition, Josh was, did not have his video on, but he's there. I promise you he is there. Uh, we, we talked to Josh about his AIW run. Comparisons to Sid. Uh, comparisons to the great Psycho Sid, where I, I go to bat for, for Sid. I talked about Britt Baker and uh, his relationship, friendship with her and learning from her. Um, we did break the news of Cardona's injury to him. Uh, we talked a little bit of basketball at the end and just a uh, really, really fun talk with, with Josh. So go about 30 minutes with Josh. And here we go. Let me let me at least hit the right buttons. I lost it when I lost when Tony Khan cut my Wi-Fi. Uh, here we go. Josh Bishop from AIW. You can follow him uh, at joshua underscore joshua bishop underscore but here we go let's head on over to the interview welcome to the creator spotlight the interview portion of the spotlight with myself and jeremy lambert i of course am steven jensen today via audio we have one of my favorite independent wrestlers in the entire world the guy whose journey i've been following for quite a while now um he's Big time player in AIW. We just talked to John Thorne, John Thorne recently. He's going back after those absolute and intense championships that Matt Cardona holds. We are here with part of the Rip City Shooters, Joshua Bishop. Josh, how you doing today, man? I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. I loved your guys' interview with uh, Thorne a few weeks ago. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. He he was he was a great interview. A lot of really really great. Um, a lot of really great stuff and I uh, spoke very highly of you and a lot of others that we see on a regular basis there at absolute intense wrestling. Um, Josh, just in general, man, like I feel like 
you know, John, John talked about it a little bit last week. I feel like you've been on the brink of like really, really breaking out in the world of wrestling for a little while now. And I feel like your, your time in AIW, you become like a superstar of that promotion. And, you know, I've got to see you in, in a lot of different settings, uh, especially like live in Nashville at Southern Underground Pro and, and all that stuff. How do you feel about kind of where you're at in wrestling right now? Because I know you've, uh, and Jeremy, I'm sure will pop back in. I know you've, um, I know you've, you've had a lot going on, but I'm sure, I know you've also, you know, I know you've had trials with WWE. I know other companies are interested and I know you've done stuff with the NWA. Like, how are you feeling about kind of like where you're at right now in the wrestling world? Um, I love it. I definitely have goals and things that I want to achieve. Like I have my own personal goals and stuff. I don't, uh, like to put that stuff like out there online. I think it kind of like then you're almost begging for it to happen. Like I kind of have my own stuff in my phone that I put down every year and like I've been checking more and more off like every year, like bigger ones up, just like climbing up the ladder of like working for more places, working more main events. Like we're having the like the chance to work and learn from uh getting in there with like some of the best dudes in the game. At like the highest level and just like learning and just like getting better every year. I love it. Like, I mean, yeah, like, I like it would be cool, I guess. Maybe, I don't know actually if it would be cool to be like signed somewhere or not. Like, because everyone's kind of signed. So it's just nice being me and Wes are just doing our thing. We're just trying to grow on our own every year. Well, and speaking of Wes, you know, that's someone else that I, I like to shout out a lot too, because I think that the two of y'all are great as a tag team. And I think they're, I think y'all are great as like the dynamic of like him being like a manager for your matches as well. And he can really go in the ring too. I think there's a lot of uh, possibility, but with the two of y'all separately and individually in like a whole lot of different ways. Um, how, how do you know Wes? Because y'all seem really tight. I just met him at training. He just. Well, for the first two or three shows I was at before he started uh, coming to the school, like one my one of my duties was I was selling like the beer tickets and stuff, and he came to some of the shows, and I just remember he was getting beer tickets because, I mean, he looks the way he does, so he's pretty like recognizable, you know what I mean? And then he started coming to training, and then. We just kind of hit it off. He's a couple years older than me, but like we have this uh, so much of the same similar interests and the people we like in wrestling, like why we like wrestling. But then we also have sometimes have some extreme polar opposites. So we just are like a good, we're a good dynamic, I think. And mm-hmm. I can manage him. He can manage me. We can do whatever. I don't really see it as like a manager role when we do stuff. More just kind of like outsider style if that makes sense. It does. It really does. And I, I see it the same way. Uh, he, I remember Wes did some really good uh, like promos that he recorded too for social media a little while back that kind of had those kind of vibes. Might Maybe it might have been like the uh, – yeah, I remember you had a really, really good video package put together for something to the to the My Way video as well. Oh, um, um, the collective in Indiana. Or Indiana. Yeah. For me and Justice, and then there was Rob Blair. Yeah, that was bad. Well, speaking of you and Justice, I have to ask, like, right now before I forget to ask, because it, it happened to be, the like, the three-year anniversary when we were talking to John the other <laughs> <That> day. Is... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, because 
probably every day for the last three years, Justice and I have gotten tagged in it by someone or they've tweeted it at us <laughs> or like retweeted or liked a tweet that has it in it. So to us, like we see it every day almost. So it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but then like one day, like a bunch of people were like more than the normal were tagging us and stuff. And I was like, oh, I guess. And they sex them. I said, oh, I guess it'd be anniversary today, huh? <laughs> That's wild. Jeremy, you were at the show recently. Um, yeah. I want to hear your thoughts on, on because you had to see Josh live. Was that one of the first times you've seen him live? That was that was the first time I've seen him live. So I was out, I was at Gauntlet for the Gold uh, the other weekend. And yeah, the first time I've seen you live. And the first thing that jumped off the page to me watching you live was like the presence that you have and, and the control, like the way you control the audience that you have. And I, I hope this does does not offend. Uh, and I'm sure she was just comparing with the, the hair. But my fiance is like, Big Sid vibes from you. And I'm a huge fan of Sid. Like how how many times have you heard that? Because you're immediately you're immediately uh, laughing and popping for it. Every single I've done for probably the last since I dyed my hair blonde. <laughs> which wasn't even like a Sid thing. It was just I knew I was gonna be doing more matches where I could gig and stuff. So I wanted to get that Ric Flair going where you're just right. that Ric Flair style. And then it just, I just so happened that that's when I was like getting bigger and not looking like such a teenager anymore. So also it just happened to like line up that people started making the connection. And I mean, I do a lot of the similar moves and stuff, so I can see where it comes from, but that's cool. Like I, it's better than being compared to like some jabroni. <laughs> I mean, you, you got the, you got the jacket as well. Sid rules. Like for people who yeah. who just like think Sid was was the shits because they've only they've they've maybe heard stories, haven't watched them. The man's charisma without like doing much. You know they've seen the botches on the mic and stuff. But that man just the way he controlled an audience and the way like his charisma and everything. He was getting cheered over Shawn Michaels in Madison Square Garden at like peak Shawn Michaels during his WWF run. Don't tell me Sid was not awesome. Anybody listen? He is awesome. I'm not saying he's not. No, th this isn't this isn't you. This is anybody who's like, oh, why are you comparing him to Sid? Sid was the shit. It's like, no, Sid was the man. Yeah, that, that's hilarious. Josh, Josh, how long have you been doing this now? Like, uh, like pro wrestling? Because I, I remember I interviewed you when you were probably like just a few matches in doing yeah, stuff I, out of the basement east. So in 2017, I had my first match, like May 27th, I think was the like it's almost like back-to-back -back anniversaries of uh, old balcony and then first match and stuff that's wild and for you has has time flown by or oh, has yeah. it been like a long four uh, years flown by flown by from the pandemic that felt like it was 15 years but everything else i can't believe i could not believe that because it was actually so funny i found this picture from my debut match when I was like looking through what uh, some like tag photos I had, because on Facebook it says like your memories or whatever. And then um, one of them was a picture of me, Britt, and Adam Cole, like them talking to me after my match and giving me some advice, like that someone took. And it was funny that it was almost like five years on the date from the day I had my debut match till we were tagging up at the Tadmore Shrine. And it was just funny because even when we were in the ring, we were talking about it like. I remember when, like, so many years ago when this was happening or this was happening, 
wow, time flies by. Well, we're just like on the apron, <laughs> just talking about <laughs> dumb things. That was so, funny. I, I was going to ask about teaming with Britt because that was a big surprise at the show last week and, and you guys got to, to team with her and picked up the win. Uh, what was it like teaming with Britt and like, has she shared any advice now that she is, I mean, big time television star uh, backstage when you guys were talking? Oh, it was awesome. Britt couldn't have been cooler. She is the one, I mean, the man or the woman. <laughs> woman. She's awesome. Britt's always been cool to me. I've always appreciated like how awesome she was to me from when I first started training to even come back and team with us. She didn't have to do that. If you listen to the AW podcast, Thor talks about how she did for free. She gave all of us in the match extra money out of her pay from her meet and greet and then gave the rest of it back to the company. She's just, she's awesome. She's a great person and I was, it was awesome that she came back because obviously people thought the fake out was going to be a six man with us versus Cardona and PME. And then for that Brit pop, like as I, as I knew it was happening, I like kind of turned, had to turn my head. Cause I was like, this is so awesome. No one's going to happen besides the four of us or the seven of us in the ring right now. And the people in the back. And then when her music hit, it was electric. It was unreal. That was awesome. That was awesome to be a part of that. It was being, you know, being in the crowd for that. It was a big, big surprise when, when that music hit, and it was great to see her come back. And you know, she got the promo of like, you know, we're friends, but like this is my blood and everything. So like that was again, being live. It was a great experience, and then to to see the match with her. Uh, it was really, it was a really cool moment for AW. And John Thorne promised like some big surprises for the show. Certainly delivered with a uh, Britt Baker's return there. And it's great to hear like the kindness of her heart to do all that. She's uh, awesome. always been awesome. She could not be cooler. What, what do you think it is, Josh, with uh, with AIW and John Thorne, just in general, where like we heard a, he told us during our interview a couple weeks ago about how Johnny Gargano never upped his rate because like he just wanted to help AIW. He he charged forty bucks a match when he was one of the biggest names in all of in all of wrestling. And it sounds like Britt Baker, you know, she's paying it back. Like, what what do you think it is with with AIW and John Thorne and like kind of the operation as to why wrestlers are so selfless uh, to help the promotion? Um, it's just like a family. It seriously is like a family in the locker room almost because if there is someone that's like a toxic person in the locker room or so they're trying to cause like trouble or politic or stir like any of the bullshit that you hear about that happens in wrestling locker rooms like they're out and like Thorne just doesn't bring them back or Thorne and Biggins wouldn't bring them back and so it was always just the cool like the locker rooms are cool like it's just cool to hang out in everyone's cool with everybody there's no issues even when like when a new person comes in uh everyone's just cool like there's nothing like I've been in like every, a lot of locker rooms all over for like bigger comp for every company, and like even bigger name independents. Uh, and there's nothing like an AIW locker room because, you know, after the show you're all gonna hang out and it's almost like you're all going to get food if you can together and like everyone's hanging out at the after party, whatever bar it is if it's snacks or 
now if it's at um, dive bar and no matter where it's at, it's everyone just here to hang out and have a good time. No drama, nothing. It's awesome. I love it. You're, I, you're, oh, yeah, you're ahead, yeah. oh, I was going to say, I, you, you mentioned, you know, some other companies that, that you've been working with. And one of the companies I just wanted to bring up real quick before I forgot to ask, what's the experience been like in JCW for you? Cause they're making you out to be an absolute killer in that company. And I really want to see more of you doing that. And I want to see more of you in like GCW and stuff too. Like, do you think that there's more of that coming soon? Uh, yes. It's just haven't been able to like dates haven't lined up. It's uh, that's really it. The only issue there, but definitely we'll be back there soon. Um, it's been awesome because, like for instance, you brought up the Sid comparison. That's exactly what Lauderdale said. He said, "I want you. To, <laughs> I don't want you to do Sid." Uh, that's cool with me. I love it. I love growing up. I loved like big guys, like, and I love squash matches. So I love it, and I love that it's creative. Like, I try to do them creatively enough in a way where it's not just... Obviously, an independent wrestling crowd does not want to see a squash match. Like, they want a competitive match. So I try to make them interesting and unique enough to where it'll keep your attention the entire time. And it's not just, like, a 30-second done and over. Like, this guy come out and hits his move. Like, I try to do wild things, like stack weapons in crazy ways and, like, keep it interesting. And now it's cool that... When I come out, the the crowd just chants fresh meat, or they that's <laughs> it's gonna be bad for whoever's in the ring, and it's just fun. Those are just really fun. It's great, and I honestly I appreciate everyone that has ever been in there with me during that time because I am full blown Stiffy McGee, just <laughs> crushing people. I on on the creativity, the finish to the gauntlet for the gold was you hitting a razor's edge on guy. Over the top rope through a yeah. table. So like, I that a lot of times Royal Rumble finishes are kind of flat. Yeah. And so I just had this idea. New Derek's a little crazy. So I just had this idea that if there's a wood table out there, I'm going to awesome bomb you over the top through the table and we're not going to tell anybody about it. And we'll just <laughs> deal with it later. I... Be a super hot finish and no one could really be mad and so when i came out on my entrance on my way after the brit match i kind of pulled it to where i wanted it and then when i came out of my entrance for the gauntlet i pulled it a little more to the set like how i like it when i'm gonna do an awesome bomb to the uh, <laughs> so i could make sure i took care of the best because i knew nobody would move it because nobody knew what was going on right and it was just all right here we go what's gonna happen see ya <laughs> so that, that seems to be a little bit of a theme with the uh ask for don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Because he is, John Thorne is telling us about the balcony spot with Justice oh, as well, how that was the same situation. So mad. He was so mad. Did, did he did he mention anything about the, the bomb over over onto the table? Was he like, um, what are you doing? No. No, we didn't talk about it. Hopefully not too mad. I don't know. We haven't no, talked since then, so. Um, I remember, like, so when that happened, you guys like did the double T's on the apron and everything. And yet you picked him up and I could see you were angling for something, but there was nobody on the outside to catch. And so I'm up on the bleachers, so I can't see like the table on the other side. So like watching it live again, just the other thing was like, wow, holy shit, this happened. Cause I could see you were about to like toss him over the top. Row. I was like, this is 
insane if he's just gonna land on the floor because there's no one to catch him and the table and i saw afterwards like you were you were hanging out with um after the show and i heard someone ask you like where did he go like what where did you hit it and you had to tell somebody like oh it was a table over there everything's good well we did also luckily derek is nuts because we did agree hey there might not be a table oh Oh, no hope there's a table <laughs> so he was willing to just take that like all right sure just toss me to the the floor yeah, he's table nuts. or no table yeah, he's nuts. I mean, that that is that is crazy <laughs> oh man so uh, one one match i want to shout out real quick it was a long time ago but it's a match that's always stuck out to me as like one of my favorites because it technically speaking it wasn't like the best technical wrestling match i've ever seen but it was one of just the most brutally hard-hitting just authentic matches i've seen in person was you versus Manders in the basement East. This was a a while back, but y'all just beat the hell out of each other. Do you remember that match? Is that, that's the kind of stuff that you like, if it isn't going to be like a squash match, do you like having that kind of match? I definitely like you want to get to get in there with like a bigger guy and uh, just kind of throw down. Like, I don't mind it. Like I tell him, Hey, you're going to know I'm there. Make sure you hit me back. Cause I think that it makes for a better match. If you're just kind of, beating the shit out of each other <laughs> so i don't mind it if someone's hitting me as long as they're not like crushing me with punches in the face or anything but i mean i don't mind if you're roughing me up a little bit i don't care i mean has that happened to you at all like has anybody like really went after you because i feel like it'd be kind of a bad idea considering like your size and strength um, and stuff to really go at you not in like a way where it's a in a negative way, but in like a teaching moment of like teaching how to like fight back and defend yourself kind of. Yes. But like, it was just so, but it like is a teaching moment of like, okay, I need to learn to fight back and not just get my ass whooped by this, this crowd. Like if he's going to really just stand up for myself, even if it's just like, and then as soon as you do that, it just ends it. Um, some other questions I had for you, it's kind of all over the place, but you know, I've, I've been following you for a while. So like, I, I'm just kind of thinking everything kind of all at once. And um, you know, you've, you've gotten to spend time recently in the ring with guys like Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. And I know Cardona just announced that I think he's getting, was it bicep surgery? Yeah. He torn bicep. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, what's it been like being in the ring with those guys who are like, you know, such worldwide, you know, superstars that I'm sure you can learn a lot from. And, and then also, you know, how does this maybe affect the timeline of, I guess we don't know for sure how long Cardona is going to be out, but that's the big kind of redemption story going on with you right now is you getting those titles back from Cardona. So how has it been working with those guys and uh, how looking forward, how much are you looking forward to doing it again with those guys? Um, first of all, I did not know about the Cardona like surgery thing. So that kind of sucks. I hope he, it, it's not as bad as maybe they say, and he won't get, Hopefully he gets well soon, um, because I you know he's a big heel, but he is also kind of the man. He's yeah. helpful. Uh, I appreciate him a lot. Like he teaches me a lot every match, and in ways that are like I don't think he means to be mean, but it's like, damn, all right, I really do need to step this shit up. <laughs> so I appreciate it, and especially him and my, and especially Myers, like that. Wrestling Brian Myers was so mind-boggling to me because he's someone that I think is probably, honestly, one of the best workers in the world. I seriously think him and uh, Cardona are just unreal good at everything they do. 
and they're so underrated. So it's been awesome because they're so helpful to me and Wes, and we, it is awesome. I appreciate them so much because they help us out a lot when they don't have to. I was so good. I was going to ask if you if you heard anything about the Cardona situation because you're supposed to wrestle him in July, and like Jensen was saying, this is the the big redemption that they were setting up. And I mean, torn bicep that's usually like a six nine month recovery there Mm -hmm. if you get surgery. So it feels like he's going to be out for a little bit. And I did not know if you have been contacted about this and if you've heard of new plans. But apparently, we're breaking the news to you. No, uh, no, I have no idea. I hope that he's all right. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do, I guess. I, I hope that John Thorne and AIW have some type of, I'm sure they're working on contingency plans because Gauntlet for the Gold was supposed to set everything up and then the, the angle afterward and just the angle in general, the story in general was supposed to set everything up. So hopefully uh, there's some suitable replacement so you can still have have your big match at Absolution. <laughs> yeah, I hope. So. I don't know who. Um, I don't know. If anyone wants to come to Absolution, I mean, <laughs> oh man maybe 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 myers maybe even myers maybe uh-huh. maybe you know yeah i wouldn't mind getting back in there with him again it was pretty fun it was awesome yeah yeah i mean i've really enjoyed y'all's y'all's whole story with all that i think it's been really really cool to watch that all play out um who are, who are some people that you haven't got to mix it up with that you want to get in the ring with um I think maybe definitely I would say a guy like Janela, probably. He's kind of the gatekeeper in a way, like the modern gatekeeper of the Indies. I'd uh, love to get in there with Tom Lawler again. I think I've wrestled him every year in my career. So just to see, is this going to be better than last time in like a weird way of like, am I getting better as a wrestler? A singles match with Derek Direction, I think, would be very fun. Or Derek Dillinger, sorry. Would be really fun. Uh, just because we had fun with that, like, 30 seconds we had at the gauntlet. I thought we could do something nice and spicy. Any any tag matches with you and uh, Wes that you'd like to – any guys you'd like to work Yeah, our number one is <laughs> probably will never happen, but it's Kingston and Homicide. That's Ooh. our number one. Okay. Love roll. Love I like that a lot. Rock and um, roll. The Rock and Roll Express, yeah. I know, like their farewell tour, I would love if we could work, work that in some way. Just that'd be, yeah, that'd be <laughs> sick. When, when, um, what was, what was the experience like doing NWA, by the way? I know you were a part of the Crockett Cup, oh. but I thought that was really cool because it was not only y'all, but also uh, seeing Bounces Forever up there, too. That was really cool to see. Yeah, it was awesome, actually. Um, it was a really good – I had a lot of fun. It was a great experience, I thought. They just let us do whatever we want, really, and kind of just go crazy and try to make the most of it. And it was fun. Everyone in the back was super cool. They – 
whenever their way to talk to us and help us out. Any of like the vets that saw stuff, and it was kind of like shocking how cool everyone in the back was towards us. We were just pre-show guys, and they were they're obviously like, big names in wrestling. It's awesome. Was that in the Nashville Fairgrounds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love that venue. Love love the fairgrounds. That was the first um, time there. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to see you in the basement east quite a bit back in the day. Do you have um do you have any unfinished business with Alley Catch? You guys have both <laughs> had quite 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 a quite <laughs> career career trajectories since yeah, uh since your uh, old feud. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why we <laughs> time to change for us both. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I should ever even bring that up too. Because like, I'll be talking about you, and I'll be like, I want to tell people about kind of the origin story, but I'm also like, I I kind of love where you're at right now, and I oh, feel yeah. like, yeah, so. <laughs> that was different, a different universe, a different life in the multiverse. It was. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of that, you mentioned Tom Lawler. I know he was like a mentor for you early on. Do you still? I know you said you wrestle him like once a year, but is he someone you still uh, stay in touch with fairly often? Oh, that is my boy. We uh, <laughs> we text each other all the time. A lot of it is just very dumb wrestling, obscure clips that we find of each other and send, or <laughs> obscure wrestlers that nobody would know about that we send to each other, and we just try and pop each other by then doing one of their moves in the in a match or something. <laughs> love it did did you all right did you rib tom lawler on the the door what happened with the door at gauntlet for the gold with the teases and then no one used it i have no idea oh. they they him and kaplan were built into this door spot and then the door never got used in this match and and thankfully you you saved things with the the bomb over on over the table but very disappointing that that door never got used in that match oh with Kaplan. So uh, next time you fight Tom Waller, it's please somebody go through a door. Put him through right. a door. I have uh, I have definitely pulled some ribs on him, but I was not a part of a, a door rib. <laughs> can we hear him? Okay, yeah, now we got I mean, yeah. ribs can be told yeah, on. Now we got to know about these ribs you pulled on Tom Waller. No. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done anything with his entrance gear? He's he's very known for his entrances and stuff. Uh, you ever made him like do any like Hey, do this entrance just to pop me type of thing. Uh, at Black Label one time, somehow he got me. This is why Tom Lawler is the ultimate guy. Is I was just a no, like even more of a nobody than I am now. Um, <laughs> it's like I only had a few matches. I had like maybe two matches at Sub and like four AIW matches. And he was just like, got me. The spot to come out with him at his black label pro is like his manager and almost his like heavy, even though I was so much smaller than him. And <laughs> we would just do silly entrances every time. And one time we did uh, Dominatrix Nuns that we <laughs> that we and we made these costumes at like a party city. <laughs> That's so funny! Oh my gosh. That was a long time ago already, wasn't it? That was yeah. that was back in like 2017, also. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my god. When he wrestled Nick Gage, and I, was, <laughs> I remember that is just so funny to me. This dude is the ultimate. I will do whatever that I think is funny kind of guy. He, oh he when he was doing that stuff in the UFC, it was it was so great, and it's like, yeah, this guy he just thinks about this stuff differently. He he's an entertainer, and so it's been oh. great watching him succeed this much in wrestling. He's awesome. He is. 
so cool. It's it's been awesome seeing his trajectory in pro wrestling because like Dana White hated him. Like he made, he didn't make any secret about that. Like he didn't like the entrances and like the gear he would wear and he got so screwed over like the that whole suspension he had to deal with with the UFC and then they just like cut him and and he for people who don't know, he pretty much failed for like the same thing John Jones just like is allowed to fight with. Like like no one even cares. And Tom Lawler like wound up just getting totally screwed by the commissions and the company, but he rebounded so tremendously in the world of pro wrestling. So like, I think it's just awesome that he's had this whole kind of second life in wrestling. He still does. He does MMA every now and then still, but like, I don't know if he's retired now, but I know he had a fight fairly recently. Uh, I think he's retired. He said, but you never know, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like pro wrestling. Like, yeah, yeah, he he, really he last fought in June of last year, so it's been is a that while. In PF, it's been about is that in PF, PFL? Yeah, it was PFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still a super high level fighter. Um, but yeah, I I just think it's been really cool seeing what he's done in pro wrestling because I feel like he's still kind of almost flies under the radar too. Like you know, he he, I feel like he has the potential to be like a massive massive star in wrestling. All I mean, he is for you know for for what for what he does, but like he's another guy that like. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen him on like a bigger stage because he's just a charisma machine and he's great in the ring and he's super credible. He is so I don't he is the most charisma I've ever seen in my life because he comes out and he just now the thing is he's swinging this like stupid denim strap thing he has. Yes, he but, was he was whipping Kaplan with it. Yeah, and he's like doing <laughs> stuff like that, and I'm like, you are a legend because. <laughs> This is like some dumb, sh- like some dumb kind of like comedy stuff. Like he always makes it work to be money, which I don't understand. Like he's the ultimate. Like he has that flip switch ability of like, I'm gonna come out and we're gonna have a good time, but then when the bell rings, let's rock. And even sometimes in the ring, I don't know if you guys watched him and Moxley, but he's yeah. called him Dean, like in the middle of a match. <laughs> and it's just like the little things like that are so funny. And that's why I'm like, he is the man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out here on a a non wrestling question. How how come Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year over Evan Mobley? Who what were these voters thinking? Oh, there's no love for Cleveland in the league. I I was I thought Mobley had a great season and Barnes I, he he deserved it. he had a very good season as well but Mobley was a, a game changer for Cleveland this year. And those Cavs East is about to start running through Cleveland again. <laughs> East runs through Cleveland. Enjoy it, Boston. I I was like Boston's still young. Season. Boston's still young. I mean Cleveland maybe a couple years maybe a couple years. Uh, we're getting when LeBron comes home. We need you to- <laughs> LeBron and bringing cool. Bronny Jr. with him. Come home, King. Yes, pass the torch off to Bronny. Oh, that's some pro wrestling storyline right there. It would be. That would be it amazing. Really would be. Come home, King. We'll get, we'll get we'll play Puff Daddy all over the city. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so the, the, the last, the last question I got for you, and I know you kind of alluded to this before and it's okay if you don't want to answer, but I, in like a perfect scenario, where, where do you, where do you kind of see yourself in the wrestling world? Maybe like three to five years from now, is this something where like, do you want, what did you say alive? 
I said, I ho- no, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good yeah. goal. I hope a top guy. I, a top guy. I, yeah, yeah, I think everyone, when they want look at wrestling, they want to be the top guy. Yeah, I like where I'm at now, but of course I know there's higher levels and I want to go there and be a top guy and just everywhere I go, try and become the top guy in the place and just be a player in wrestling. That's really what I wanted to be. Yeah, the, the reason I said alive, by the way, I know you listened to the I, interview with John, but but uh, you know, years the, back after that balcony spot, when I checked in on you, <laughs> that, that was your only response. We're just like, I'm alive. I guess I'm. I good. was just, I was, <laughs> I was in shock, honestly, for like eight hours. <laughs> I believe it. That was one of the most insane things I've ever seen in wrestling, dude. That that was that was absolutely crazy. Um, but you'll live forever because of that. Like that that that'll always be shown for the for the rest of the time. So. I hope um, so. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I just, I wanted to end, I know Jeremy will sign us off here in a second, but I just wanted to thank you for, for joining us today, Josh. Like I, uh, you're somebody that I, I really, really have loved watching just the, the ride and the whole rise of, of your career up to this point. And, and, uh, you know, I talk about a lot of indie wrestling on various platforms and, and you're somebody I always bring up as like, you know, that you keep your eyes on this guy like he has all the tools and like i see you as a top guy like and i have for a long time i remember even back in your previous life and stuff there was people making t-shirts for you back when you were only a few matches in i mean like so this is so i i just appreciate your time man and like i am such a fan and i just can't wait to see what you accomplish going forward man thank you i i really appreciate that i remember talking to you at those sub shows and I always see on Twitter, it, you've always kept my name out there. And uh, I really appreciate that because you it's just kind of like a grind to like work your way up the tiers. And it's like when people keep your name out there, it definitely helps you stay in sight and in mind almost. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Josh, we appreciate you uh, joining us today. Uh, anything you'd like to plug? Get your social media out there, upcoming matches, um, anything. On Twitter, I am Joshua Bishop underscore. On Instagram, I'm sorry, I got to look at them both. I'm pretty bad at social media. Joshua Bishop II. And on there, I have what my schedule is. In Was this coming out this week? Yes, Thursday. This weekend, I got Black Label Pro, Tyler's Day Off. And then next week, or sorry, in two weeks, the AIW is back at the Odeon, and it's the uh, rap show, my favorite show of the year. Every match has no rules. Fans bring the weapons. And uh, it's the one where Justice and I went off the old balcony. So it's always has a little special place in my heart. I can't wait to see what kind of crazy, disgusting things these sicko AIW fans bring. <laughs> I can't wait to see what kind of chaos happens throughout the show. I love the rap show. We, we again, again, we appreciate you joining us today, guys. Follow Josh on, on social media again. It is Joshua Bishop underscore. Thank you again for for joining us. We'll be right back here on the spot. We are back. Thanks again to Josh Bishop for joining us. Um, you can check him out at Joshua Bishop underscore on Twitter. Uh, he'll be at AIW doing a bunch of bunch of independent shows, doing big things in the world of wrestling. And we wish him all, all the best of luck. And again, appreciate him being on the show. 
Guys, you can head over to Fightful Overbooked. Go over there. Uh, today we have should have a new day after Dynamite with Will Washington. I'm sure he'll have plenty to talk about after last night's Dynamite. Um, we just debuted a, a Joshi show uh, with, with Scotty Wrestling. Everyone can you know go go check that out. Uh, we we did have a, a humper chat by the way. I want to make sure I read this. Uh, it says Russ. Hey guys, sorry to hear us, but I'm I'm a Mark. I was thinking, what if the MJF angle is not just to just used to elevate him, but it's also used uh, to as catalyst to an AEW civil war that effectively splits the AEW and ROH rosters. Feels like a bigger story. It could happen. I don't know. I think the AEW like civil war thing. That's something that Joseph and I spoke about a while ago. Or like, what's like the big angle? And we thought it might be like Punk, Moxley, Brian, like against AEW type of thing. And maybe that's the direction they'd go in. Not sure. There's a lot of ways that the MJF angle could play out. And, you know, we, we will let it play out uh, how that happens. But I think that that is one possibility is that Punk does, he does turn and he is like, I came in here, I beat all your top guys, I took your title. That's it. Like, I own this company now. I run this company. And MJF is like, conquering babyface who still hates the company but he needs to save AEW from cm punk sort of like hangman but hangman couldn't get the job done at double or nothing maybe that's one direction they go in with this we shall see again day after dynamite on fife overbooked with uh with will washington that is at four o'clock today check that out um and we, we have a new joshi show with scotty wrestling check that out uh that'll be bi-weekly he'll be covering the the world of joshi and then on the weeks that we don't have that we will have new japan uh with, with mark and kieran um on, on five over book so check that out and i think that's it i did a charity stream on monday that's up on on overbooked and on twitch twitch.tv slash fightful gaming six and a half hour charity stream to support everytown.org uh, to to prevent and stop and halt gun violence and regulate gun control and gun safety after everything look, that more has gone down this week the past couple of days so if you guys want to support uh go to everytown.org and, and donate appreciate everyone who supported that on on monday the the charity stream i think that is everything everybody uh we'll be back next week with a new episode of spotlight 9 30 a.m eastern appreciate all the support love you guys i hope everyone has a great weekend a great week talk to y'all later on Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.